Wrestling Geeks of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Dane Alves. We have a doozy of an episode here for you today. Me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, will, like always, break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews and previews of shows to come when it comes to professional wrestling. So, if you're a new listener, strap in. If you're an old listener, we love you. We do. And, um... We don't have an intro this week of uh, Beverly Hills 90210, but, you know, Luke Perry is still in our heart. So I'll just say that and then pass it to Chris, who always has to deal with some awkward shit that I throw to him. Chris, <laughs> brother, Ray, Pato! Dylan McKay is a goddamn angel. Uh, I, lo- I love you, Luke Perry. <laughs> Tell <laughs> Send down your wisdom on your son to help him with promos, for the love of God. Uh, <laughs> man, it's been a crazy week for me. I, I played uh, this thing called a Porch Fest. I don't know if you've heard this, seen this, but basically uh, I, I thought I was in playing shape for playing live shows or whatever. And turns out I'm not. Uh, two one-hour sets with moving PAs and equipment, etc. I thought I was going to die, Dane. I was in down, downtown historical Jefferson, Georgia, uh, which is like 20 minutes outside of Gainesville. If you're in Atlanta, probably like an hour, hour 15. Uh, I am not in playing shape, at least not that amount of playing shape. And uh, outside of that, like hockey, Devils Devils are out of the playoffs, sucks, feels bad. So I won't hype them up too much. But uh, how was your week, buddy? What have you been up to? Oh, you know, just chilling. So you're basically saying you're not in in ring shape. You wouldn't be able to go a Broadway. You'd have to work a minute to be able to get to that level. Um, compare this back to wrestling. Yeah, I am not Kevin Owens. Turns out I am more of like a uh, Sotnam Singh. <laughs> Now look at that guy. As I just picture him in overalls, every fucking. Wait, that's not Satnam Singh. Is that Satnam Singh? Yeah, that's Satnam Singh with uh when he okay, went yeah. down to the farm with the Briscoes. It was amazing. I By believe the way, someone can... calls him Zippy the Pinhead. Um, <laughs> it's a tiny fucked stump, basically. <laughs> God damn For it, you, Jim Cornette. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. How did he not how did he not go with Tiny Fuck to stop? I thought he would for sure was gonna go with Tiny from House of Thousand Corpses. Uh I don't think I he's just, seen a Rob Zombie movie. I think that he would freak the fuck out if you watch that. His wife probably really? has like sixty times. Yeah, I felt like yeah. she would make him. He likes watch to watch it. like Spinguli horror classics and shit. Like, yeah, that's why I thought he would have uh, saw like so did you ever did you have the DVD of House of a Thousand Corpses? At one point, yeah, long time ago. Okay. So like, if you fall asleep with that DVD on, and it goes back to the title screen. It just you know how they just cycle things. 
like it cycles jokes about how tiny fuck to stomp. <laughs> so like every punchline is just tiny fuck to stomp. Uh, which that's where the joke originates from. But all right, so now yeah. I have a question to ask you. You know that I love really fucked up shit and movies and uh, love horror movies. But when the hell Wait. did you decide I'm gonna watch and fall asleep to a House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh, in high school, you know, you'd like I just put it on and like watch it, sleep to it. You know, it's my shit. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is this reminds me of the cute dog in um, what was that Adam Sandler movie where he's little Nicky when he's sleeping? It's like fairies, like la, 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 la. I don't know. In the immortal, in the immortal words of a uh, Sherry Moon zombie, <laughs> I like to get fucked up and do fucked up shit. <laughs> there you go, there you go. All right, so back on track. I'm trying to think of anything I've watched. Um, I mean, I've watched a lot of fucking movies. I finally watched Bo is Afraid. Um, holy fuck. Ari Aster does it again, man. But uh, this time definitely dips a little bit into the David Lynch pool of, well, you're going to have to watch and figure some of the stuff out for yourself. But I saw it in theaters last Saturday because I couldn't find a illegal version to watch that was something I would want to watch. Uh, <laughs> It's this guy, it's like, okay, you can only find a guy that has tremors worse than me. It's a fucking, it's like he's holding the camera. There's new techniques, dude. God. Anyways. At Danelle's 42, if you're looking for I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do not know what you're talking about. But um, that was that was pretty interesting of a film. Um, seen a lot of movies. I think I, I think that one thing that we can kind of talk about is something that we were, we were chit chatting uh, before this uh, in a little bit. The you know last month in the middle of the month they kind of started breaking through on using AI to generate code that can basically replace original vocals on songs with older artists, um, which is very bad in a lot of ways and terrifying. When I think we kind of talked about maybe the, the the quote unquote hit that came out from Drake in the weekend that was not Drake in the weekend. Um, <laughs> that Drake was like, that's not me when they were about to put it on Spotify and went to the top of the charts almost immediately. And after that, we've seen some people do good things with it. I think uh, engineers kind of taking demo songs from the Beatles or redoing everything from scratch for old Quarry Men song, which was the Beatles before they were the Beatles and, you know, taking John Lennon demos that, that he did or whatever and adding all this music and filters to make it sound like Ringo's drums and, 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 and putting all the Beatles in back into it. That stuff's great. Some guy is redoing the first Foo Fighters album, which was famously just Dave Grohl. And a lot of those songs are going to be on the next Nirvana album and they're adding, you know, uh, Kurt Cobain to it. And then on the flip side, you guys can now hear uh, Frank Sinatra doing a, a WAP, which is terrifying. Uh, <laughs> or the concept of eventually people trying to buy the rights to a voice to put on a song that has nothing to fucking do with them. Like the, the slippery slope of technology. One thing that you kind of grasp differently, Chris, is, you know, unless I, I'm fucking it up you, you you work in programming um how the hell is, is is this even able to happen i understand ai is 
so much more advanced than what we can do, but they're able to literally code people's voices over, over, you know, original set vocals. Like that's, it's crazy. So that's, that's way beyond even my skill set. Um, which for the listeners out there, I develop in visual basics, C sharp, .net, um, a proficient background in SQL. Like I, like I have a knowledge of how it should work, but I don't understand how like manipulating tracks, the way that they're doing it into an AI to spit out basically what I would call vocal fonts. So like, if you think of like a type font, they're doing that with vocals. Like, I don't know. My brain can't comprehend that. That's crazy. The musician inside me doesn't want it to be a thing, but it's totally a fucking thing uh, where you could take like a, a tonality of someone's voice if you read it in through an engine and you can spit out like different vocal tones and letters and um, beginning and endings of words to make into new words. Like that's, it's kind of insane. Uh, and that's a lot of, people working together to make that a thing and uh, i don't know that it's uh, a benefit i've used chat gpt for some coding stuff I'm not gonna lie it's great it's very helpful i don't know how i feel about the ai music man the terminators dude where's kenny omega when we need him <laughs> can we get the <laughs> uh, it's, it's scary it is. And like I said, when it comes to sound engineers or however many, like I forgot, one of them's called, oh, it's John something Lennon, obviously the reference, but he's putting a lot of his own time, his own instruments, redoing, you know, putting his vocals down to throw the other vocal, like doing a lot of work for free, stuff like that. And like I said, like, I'm sorry, man, hearing, uh, I'll just say ninjas in paradise or in Paris. Uh, redone by Tupac and Biggie blew my fucking mind. But when it starts becoming monetary, when it becomes, once an artist passes away, is their stake going to allow people to use certain vocals when it gets up? Because right now you can hear it. If you listen in your headphones directly, you can hear coding. The AI processes everything it's given. So the internet pretty much. And it knows even the range of the vocal artist. And what they're having problems with is if you try to put someone that's on a higher register, it start the, the the coding starts cracking and fucking up. It can't go to that level, and that's even crazier in in, in concept of how detailed eventually this is going to be. Uh, so, you know, some people are going on doing Michael Jackson songs, and they have a pretty good voice, so they can do the 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 Michael Jackson isms, if you will, that are not in some of these AI tracks of them directly putting on the artist because people don't normally go hmm, yeah, and like do random fucking weird noises and shit besides Mike. But then, like I said, you have the concept of how uh, I'm sorry, no offense to the modern generation, but your music is very processed. I'll just say it like that. And it's becoming more and more about money than artistry. So eventually when it keeps on getting more in this direction of just being corporate and not being art, it's going to have an option where Paul McCartney is on the new track from Little Kablaoui or some fucking shit like that. And that type of shit is terrifying. So 
or Drake waking up and finding out he has a hit single he had nothing to do with. That's also fucking terrifying. So historical the, stuff, uh... historical stuff and messing with, like I said, past situations and putting a lot of work into it is one thing. The other stuff, which is a majority of the music industry and how, you know, like I said, how process it's gotten, that could benefit in the most bad way. I don't want to hear Elvis in ODB on someone's track uh, in five years. I mean, we kind of got this even years and years ago. If you listen to Changes by Tupac, it's just two Tupac verses shoved together into a song that changes that's not really a song, right? So, like, this shit's been around for a while. Uh, the crazier, creepy, like, think about changes. Like, that's uh, that 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 one verse is from Above the Rim. I can't think of the song name, but it, there's a whole verse that's from the soundtrack of Above the Rim, and I can't think of it right now. Um, uh, it's like Smoke Crack Tonight. Uh, th- yeah, that that entire verse is from the above the rim soundtrack so it's like it's been it's not a new thing like all of machiavelli is just like it's tupac will cut a bunch of stuff up and put it into a track it's just weird that you could do it now as like a vocal font like you could take like enunciation and the way someone says something and then drop it into a song and that's that's a thing it's going to be interesting to see how it develops with actual instrumentation so like guitar or drum parts, like are we gonna get here like Bonham playing a Foo Fighters drum part? Dude at some point. No, that's the thing. On the Beatles ones, the guy was not only manipulating voices, he was making he was doing the drum beats how he and he did a great job, how he perceived Ringo would do it, but was able to even make a filter over the drums itself to make it sound more like Ringo's classic, like how it would have been recorded basically. You know, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's a little different than what they're doing with some of this AI stuff where they're just dropping vocals in and spitting a track back out. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Because because now he's tracking how Ringo would play the drums as him playing the drums and then putting it on it. Like, that's just like, oh, well, here's the thing. That's what I'm thinking he did. But you could be actually where they what they actually did. I have no idea. Uh, now, now that you mention it, and that's that is crazy if that's the case, because if that's the case and this is just AI, like not even going over, then those sounded like Ringo licks, like exactly what he would have played in a song he never played the drums for. Yeah, Pro Tools is going to make it a lot easier because people can rip stems out of tracks and stuff. Uh, like well, you can stuff. extract grooves as well too. Which is kind of similar, like because people would take like the groove of a lot of John Bottoms stuff and put it into hip hop songs and shit. Well, this is or, this was ten, fifteen years back. So, or if you if you anymore. were if you were in me in middle school and you had like a CD and you wanted to play Led Zeppelin, you could just well explain to people what a CD of... is, Chris. <laughs> okay, a CD is, is a disc. <laughs> It looks like a frisbee. It's silver in color, <laughs> and there used to be songs on that. And you would put it in this thing called a disc. Maybe some some people might call it a disc man. Put it in a player, and it would play songs similar to vinyl. Nerds, also like if you guys want to buy some records, let me know. 
But <laughs> we'll explain um, Napster, Kazaa, and LimeWire next week, guys, for yes, classic yes. stuff. So anyways, back in the day when you oh, wanted to play actually, tracks. Real quick, just to speak, a producer, and I don't remember how big of a producer, speaking about AI, said that this is the biggest, like – thing that the industry is not going to be able to know how to handle since Napster was developed. So just putting some emphasis into it and kind of going back to what you said about Tupac really quick, Snoop Dogg was asked about this and he said there could be some benefits, but he specifically said with like Biggie and, and, and Pac, you guys know there's a bunch of shit still that they've never released from both of those guys, like lyrics and stuff that they could easily make an album if they wanted to, then use their actual shit. That was a good yeah. point. I mean, if someone wants to shock me with an album, put out a fucking new big pun album, like, just saying. Or uh, Big L have some leftover stuff that we can add some, like, new fucking producers. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've heard that enough. That would And look, I love Biggie and Pac R&P, but some, some puns and Big L? Let's well, do that. <laughs> the difference is that's the hard thing about rap artists. You're having to put it over, you know, an album with Jay-Z and Kanye to make room for those two, but their lyrics aren't on there. Like when you're doing with the Beatles, that's solo stuff they did outside of the Beatles afterwards. When you're doing it with, you know, uh, Foo Fighters, that was the lyrics are already written. Those were going to be lyrics in the next Nirvana album that ended up being the Foo Fighters first album. So when you're doing a rap artist, you're not, you don't actually have their rap. They, you don't have anything. So until AI can actually try to process, and I know that they've done generic songs, and it's like, wow, for just AI, just this is a generic ACDC song. It's fucking ridiculous. But, I mean, that's their artistry. You know what I'm saying? It's not just their voice flavor, if you will. Yeah, but is if you load up every lyric of those artists into like a chat GPT, for instance, if it gets loaded up by enough people, and then you say, hey, I want a DMX song about walking in the park, right? It will spit out similar things that he says about walking in the Like, it don't get no darker than the, the kid with the park. Uh, it will spit out similar rhymes that he would have walking through a park in Brooklyn like it, it's it's kind of crazy because it, it just learns and, and it, it, like I said even as a programmer I don't understand all of what is going on like it's that's uh, that's beyond me that it, it's it's crazy it's it's insane um, but yeah it, that's how I, I assume that's how they're writing raw now they just, 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 just GBT. Uh, you are giving Ron like, enough credit. <laughs> I know. I'm being, I'm being kind of a dick, but three titles, like, oh. <laughs> still mad, still mad about this drafting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, and I, I think there's been a lot of this going on for a long time that we didn't know about. We're privy to now. It'll be interesting to see how it adapts to older artists as far as instrumentation goes, because I don't know that you can just like um, take a guitar player like Billy Gibbons and be like, oh, I want him on the new Kanye track and then just, just dump in a guitar font. 
so yeah. instrumentation may be a little harder than uh, vocally, but we'll see. God damn it, we're gonna have Eddie Van Halen Louis <laughs> Young fucking track together in fucking two months. Uh, anyways, <laughs> fucking Eddie Vedder and <laughs> Kanye on a track together. Kanye's oh, I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's still alive today. Oh, yeah. They're just in the middle of the Mercedes now, now, Benz now, now Stadium. Now I'm thinking, like, <laughs> would it be that bad if they just add Kanye as, like, harmonizing to the, uh, the fucking Into the Wild? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he narrates the entire movie and does By the, the way, soundtrack. the last bit of AI, man. All right, so the most artists that you see use are Pac, Biggie, Michael Jackson, uh, Drake, uh, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, uh, Freddie Mercury. Those are all. And then Kanye is on everything. They have been doing Kanye on the most ridiculous songs. Like, they did the Vanessa Clarendon, I think is her last one. I don't fucking remember. I will fall. And I mean, it's, it's, it's Kanye singing it. And it, it basically, they're just clowning this motherfucker. Uh, I still love... <laughs> I still love his his music, his his early stuff, but funny as shit. They're on Taylor Swift songs, which is so fitting, you know? I think me and you remember that moment. Maybe it's past everyone else. I mean, the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. He's on that. (laughs) He's on Shake It Off, man. I had listened to it. I was laughing. So it's, It's pretty hysterical. Do you remember Adele? Brian Adams? Chat and these GPT. motherfuckers are adding in like uh, they're adding an auto tune like he would in the songs. Like I heard like uh, <laughs> "Hello" from Adele done by Kanye. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Um, I just want to point out that Kanye had like three really good albums. <laughs> hey, just... no shit, man. During the two thousands, <laughs> he was probably one of the biggest pop like. Popular musicians, period, and he came out with a, he's dude. He's a he's an amazing. He's not a genius, but he's an amazing producer. <laughs> he just has a lot of fucking problems. That documentary that was on Netflix showed me a lot. I think that's great. And you know, he lost it as, after his mom passed away. He really did. As a wrestling podcast, if Rick Rubin ever did happen to the show, <laughs> if he ever wanted to come on as a guest. I feel like he would leave sure because we'd only we yeah we'd only ask him questions about music and then he'd be like God damn it I'm here for wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of crazy. The the end of that documentary seems so sad where Kanye's like calling his friends to go to the island <laughs> with him, and he calls Rick Rubin and Rubin's like, Oh no, nah, sorry Kanye, I have other stuff to do. <laughs> It seems really sad. Like, I kind of feel for Kanye. I mean, he is batshit crazy, but it's also, like, how batshit crazy is it? Like, how batshit crazy am I if the media followed me around every day? (laughs) If they rode in the car with me? (laughs) Because I yell at people all the time in the car. Um, Well, I mean, the answer is Kanye is crazier than I am, but it's, 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 it's insane to think about, man. Like, the... That guy hit such a pinnacle. And I know there's there's been a lot of great rap artists and big rap artists since then, but Kanye maybe I think Kanye is probably the biggest since Jay-Z. And then maybe Drake after. You get like you got a little Wayne like, in there. 
get DMX, Jay Z, Lil Wayne, Kanye, and then Drake. And those are kind of yep. like the five of that time period. And people can be like, there's better. I'm not, I'm not going to say there's not 50. better rappers. We're getting 50. Yeah, I don't know if I'd count Fofty, but I love, <laughs> I love Fofty just the same. Um, but yeah, there's like, the, there's like a weird time period where it's just like, it is, there, there is kind of like a five. And it doesn't mean that the, the best, uh, the best rap that was coming out during that time period or anything, but they're definitely the biggest and they move kind of mountains with their crowds and their, I guess that goes back to like Beatles and stones and Zeppelin and like, it, it kind of does hit that same kind of bar. I know not everyone feels that way, but like, if you think about rap from, let's say the 98 until 2010, I mean, they were they were kind of the biggest shit in the entire world. It's not even close. The hip hop yep. podcast with <laughs> Chris Patton and Dean Alves. And I'll say some 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 shit at the end of this to really put me over the top. But uh, I think uh, even though he was like the last big one, I think Drake fucking killed it by singing R and B in every fucking track. And now that's now we have R and B artists with even shittier beats that are calling themselves rap artists and I'm never going to fucking change my opinion. Hip hop is dead. There are good musicians <laughs> out there. There have been throughout the whole entire course of this decade and last decade. Thank God Kendrick Lamar and J Cole exist in Tyler, the creator and certain other ones. But my God, even though I like someone like Posty, like that's, that's R and B. It's not fucking rap. It's not, there's like, there's kind of really, not really. Really. At Day Now's 42. <laughs> I'm not even on Twitter anymore, so fucking hit me up on there, motherfuckers. Jesus. Man, I mean, like, you know, Big Boy's still out there. He's doing his thing. Killer Mike. Like, there's lots of great rappers. I, like, I, I think. Tell so me music hasn't gotten dumb, especially within hip hop in the last fucking 10 years. I mean, two chains, like, four bracelets. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> Let me see that ass clap standing ovation. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Like, I would rather I, I, get, than I, that. I get what you're saying, but like, you know, it's, it's hip hop has became very, very, very aware of itself and intelligent. And it became what pop used to be in a way. And that's kind of bad. And I get what you're saying. Like you want, like you want like a Nas album, but yes, all right, here, I always said this, and, and I've had many, many friends agree with me on this. I think there's a difference between hip-hop and rap. I think that hip-hop is a term that I kind of equate towards lyrical ability, you know, a lot more. It, I think that as a hip-hop artist, you can do rap easily. Jay-Z is a good example of that. Um, where you can put out that more fun stuff, you know, dance and music, but a rap artist cannot always be a hip hop artist. And rap is running rampant. Rap has merged itself with, with pop and electronica. And that's now the new norm nowadays, hip hop. You can't find a lot of hip hop artists and maybe I perceive it differently than most, but that's kind of just how I kind of interpret it. I miss hip hop. Rap is now pop. Well, I, yeah, I think and like rock is dead. 
<laughs> Rock, yeah, Rock is dead. Uh, we're looking at you, Pixies. Bring it back. Come on. Uh, <laughs> kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> uh, that's a joke right, for all you. Listen, Ice is back with a brand new intention. What? What? Something grabs a hold of me tightly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's an interesting conversation that probably deserves a deeper dive. Maybe we should do this on a separate podcast because uh, the yeah, way I we got to get into wrestling, I guess. Yeah, the way I perceive hip hop uh, is there is like the hip to the hip hop is not it's just pop now, and most of the artists that are putting out stuff it is in popular formats. And it's very circulatory, and and you will get some great rap albums. Like like you you mentioned some great rap artists, like J Cole, for instance. Like there there's still like actual rap artists out there, uh, but even someone like Two Chains, which is kind of like on the fringe of rap in hip hop, they're kind of like almost like the Tom Waits <laughs> trap music in general is kind of like the Tom Waits of genres. What? Uh, oh my god. If you if you really think about it and compare it to other stuff that's coming out, it is kind of like its own weird thing. Um, it's 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 kind of a unique situation we're in musically, and it, what sucks about it is like um, we with the exception of bands that were already like super awesome. So like Gojira and like Deftones, like metal bands or hard rock bands like Foo Fighters, there's bands that adapt and try to change and do different stuff and they make cool, unique music. There's not enough of those rock bands anymore. There's not enough of like they tend to stay in a pocket and be very safe. You know, about their music, whereas like hip hop, it's kind of just like almost the Wild West to some extent. And, And some of that is like there's lots of digital processing and. You can you can take big beats from other songs and mix it in. You got a good you get you get good sixteen bars. You can put it on top. I mean, I get that, and I'm not saying they're the same, but like, uh, rock has been getting its ass kicked by rap and hip hop for the past like I don't know twenty years. <laughs> There's like it like in comparison to like you know great rap artists and rock artists, it's uh. It's kind of a, a very weighted scale to some extent. Yeah, and like I said, it just proves that modern music is processed garbage. So, good job, guys. <laughs> good job. Any of you producers that want to be badasses, uh, why don't you go cut tape like fucking RZA and DJ Premier did and see what you can do. Make ensembles using classics instead of just beep, 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 boop, fucking bullshit. So that's how I feel. But let's we got we got plenty of uh, wrestling to talk about, Chris, and <laughs> you're sticking up for a lot of bullshit music. So I I, I, I gotta get us past this, damn it. Day now, forty two. Hey, I don't mind bitching with a bunch of zillennials and and Gen Zers at all of why your music sucks. I have no day now's on 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 Instagram and Facebook. That's how you can find me. Just search it. I'm gonna live in Georgia. Can fuck around and find out. <laughs> Old man yells at Cloud. The episode name of the show. <laughs> I, I don't fucking care. If, if you got little Verdi on your fucking iTunes, then I think you're a jerk. Anyone else? Okay. There? So I mean, that's the. 
that could be said through any generation. Just name a, you know, that's like being, that's like being like, if you got uh, what was Leo or something on your was Lynn, <laughs> you could name any style you, of music you, throughout that history song of time. Is a banger compared to anything that's come out in the last ten years by major rap artists. Ooh, I. <laughs> <laughs> At Dane L's forty two. Hey, uh, remember my my concept is hip hop artists are the good ones. So if you want to stick up for little whoever the fuck and keep on going with these shitty artists, go for it. I will definitely argue with you on that. Uh, I'm what not about, talking about. I was like, what about Lil Wayne? He's not, he out there. <laughs> I'm not talking about Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne was a part of our generation. Uh, yeah. um, oh, little Wayne so started in the any, late 90s with the so fucking any, uh, so any littles after <laughs> yes okay um, I will say the first little Wayne album sucks you guys can get at me uh, look I don't curse but in this verse man fuck the world that album sucks <laughs> it also has the uh, the drop it like it's hot that they put onto the back that uh, back that ass up yeah I was there it's part of that but, uh, what yeah, the fuck was the name of that sorry. group? It doesn't matter. Cash Money Records. No, 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 no. Their their little pop group they had beforehand. Cash like, Money. No, no, no. It was before Cash Money. Um, God damn it, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I'm done. We we, we talked a lot about music. Um, but uh, we should talk about some wrestling and uh, get this shit started. So let's talk about Backlash, Chris. In San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, can we uh, take note that maybe, no offense to American fans, but they suck usually, uh, we should go to places like Puerto Rico and Montreal and England more often for pay-per-view shows because they seem to really bring it when it comes to... This first match we're going to talk about might have been the best wrestling match like pure wrestling arguably on the show and it's because the audience made it go in a completely different direction i feel like uh but i thought backlash chris this was a throwaway pay-per-view and this has kind of happened recently with, with wwe i think that one of them was elimination chamber that ended up being way better than it should have um you know me and you are like eh, this is going to be nothing but then they end up putting on at least a good show um I would say one hell of a show from start to finish. I don't think, I mean, there's weaker matches, but I think all the matches themselves were actually pretty good, including a Seth Rollins Omos match. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think it was a, a pretty fun show. Like, if you like WWE style wrestling, it was a fun show. There's nothing really to complain about other than uh, it's a reset pay per view, right? Well, every WWE fan knows that going in. It's the first pay-per-view after Mania. They got to reset everything. And then we have the draft on top of it. So uh, I probably would have saved the draft until after Backlash, but whatever. You know, WWE is going to WWE. All right. Well, uh, let's go over the first match. Uh, like I said, Bianca Belair. Raw Women's Champion going in in uh, Puerto Rico, uh, going against Io Sky. 
And it's not like Bianca started acting heel in this match, even after she started getting booed from the audience. Uh, so they didn't, I would say, take uh, do any changes on the fly, similar to like maybe like a Hulk Hogan Rock situation. Uh, but the audience was completely against her, completely for EO. Um, and this ended up being a really good uh, match back and forth, probably, I would say, EO's best showing. And uh, she may have gotten defeated, but they both got a standing ovation right at the end. Um, this is a good match, man. Bianca Belair and uh, EO Sky uh, kind of took me uh, off uh, that. I don't know. I, I just expected it to be average, but it's like both ladies came here. Then they dealt with some strange stuff from the audience and uh, put on a damn, damn good show. I think Bianca is great. I will say if you watch this match back, if you get a chance to watch this match match back, when EO is getting like super cheered, she slows the match down to kind of draw the crowd out because she's supposed to be the bad guy, <laughs> which I think is phenomenal. Like it's good in-ring work between her and Bianca. And there's definitely a language barrier there, uh, but they had one hell of a match, man. This is a good, good women's wrestling match, especially looking at the competition, specifically you, AEW. Um, yeah, I like I like this a lot. Bianca's, Bianca's great. Uh, apparently not well-liked in Puerto Rico, which is, to me, kind of surprising. Yeah. I would say. Um I didn't expect her to get booed. Uh, why do you think that is, Chris, that she received that reaction? I Maybe it has something to do with Asuka not winning at Mania. There's some leftover hatred of that because people really love Asuka. Like, people love Bianca, but they really love Asuka. She, just, she has that personality. It's like, you know, it's it's Pentagon, right? Like, it's the uh, Jeff Hardy effect, almost, or Muda effect, to some extent, where you're like, well, it's Asuka. So when Asuka lost, I think there's still some built-up, like, fuck Vince McMahon hatred for no reason or whatever. I mean, like, it wasn't the worst thing that Bianca won. Uh, so maybe just leftover kind of hatred. It, 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 it led to kind of an interesting match between the two workers though because you could tell they like kind of shifted what they were going to do in the ring that's what i was saying about eo she was like oh i'm getting cheered too hard she would slow stuff down a little bit uh before she'd go into her big spots but uh that that stuff is kind of like that's one of the things that makes wrestling so great is that uh the feed off the crowd so when the crowd was gone like aw kind of flourished because they're like we're gonna have like really big crazy spot matches it's going to be incredible and wwe kind of faltered because wwe does the feed off the crowd a lot <laughs> with false pins and in the way they work their matches is just completely different but it's interesting and uh yeah I, I would assume as far as like the reaction to bianca has to have to do with oscar i would think right that could definitely be it and uh kind of leading up to last night they're in Tennessee, um, home state uh, for Bianca. She has a big celebration. They dress up the ring, and in a nice little suit, uh, Oscar comes out. Well, it 
was like one of those wacky ass suits that she wears. She comes out, big smile on her face, and sprays Bianca right in the face. So it looks like we're going back into this program. Do you, are they just waiting for now Bianca to get that record? And now it looks like Oscar will probably, I'm assuming, take the title away from her this time around. Because if not, you're. And it was great seeing Oscar kind of position heel. I have no problem with her going straight great Muda. Uh, you don't even have to acknowledge us as an audience, really. Just act fucking crazy and just brutalize people. But I think Oscar's getting that belt. Uh, I think that, you know, Triple H seems to be way more into records than fucking Vince uh, to an extent. You know, I think that's why Roman has the title still. And I think that's why Bianca has the title still, Chris, past Mania. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Oscar should have just won the belt at Mania, but whatever. They're doing this, so yeah. I mean, how how not, far off is Oscar? How far off is she from the record? Do you know offhand how far off she is? From no, the I, I don't know. It might be something where we're we're looking at SummerSlam. I'll try to look that up right now. Yeah, because like uh, I know Bailey held it. Well, that was a smack. Never mind, because they split the title, so that gets weird in itself, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I would have had Oscar win it at Mania. Um, I don't know. We just did the draft. We still don't know where Alexa Bliss is. I'm assuming that Alexa and Bray will show up on Raw at some point since neither of them were drafted and not talked about. So I'm assuming they're in a storyline together that might be the next opponent. And I don't necessarily know that Triple H would put Alexa and uh, Asuka together. So I'm going to say Bianca probably just going to retain for a while. But that's it's kind of wild because it is a weird juxtaposition of like – how they treat the titles, which was just kind of funny because we complained about it for so many years, but now we're like, yo, but like title changes aren't necessarily a bad thing. You can do them every once in a while. Yeah, but I do like having a sports aspect with having records. Sometimes it's something we haven't always seen recently. And, you know, we complain obviously when they start just, fucking pitching titles from person to person to person. Remember when we had, it was like Jinder Mahal, AJ Styles, back to Jinder Mahal. Um, you know, it can just get a little bit ridiculous. Um, trying to find it. She just broke actually the record. So this could be a situation where uh, she's longest reigning. So at, at any time now, I guess we just had to get past Mania. It looked like. Yeah, because like Bailey held it, or once again because they split the titles. Bailey, what she held that SmackDown title for like 400 days or something, right? Yeah. It, then, well, not only that, but are they switching the titles? Her and Rhea. Like, well, no, it, they separated them. So like Bailey's run is kind of its own, and you know what I'm talking about with these individual dates that yeah, they yeah. have. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I saw someone uh, bitching about the way Bailey was booked, and I was like, 
she kind of thrived under Vince. I know a lot of people give Vince McMahon shit, but I was like, Bailey kind of thrived. Like he did give her the belt for like 400 days. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. Do you need it in both divisions though? So like your, your top female competitor, which to me is Bianca. She's the top of, well, I mean, technically it should be Rhea, but not really. It's Bianca. She's the, the top of the top and and Roman's the top of the top. Do you need both of them to hold the belts that long? Really? You know what I mean? If you can put put some prestige on them in the process of you holding them, um, I don't see as much of a, now Bianca's, I, I guess she exceeded. So she is, she has had the title longer than I guess anyone. So if that's the case, now it's going to come off her. Now the question is, do you do it in Saudi Arabia at the end of this month, or do you draw this shit out to SummerSlam? As a company or as a booker? <laughs> as a, do I want to make money in Saudi or do I want to be a good booker? Um, yeah, because if you, you would think you'd want to do that at SummerSlam for a title change because that would be a drawing point. Whereas in Saudi Arabia already has their built an audience. And if you're a fan, you're going to watch it like me and Chris. So maybe SummerSlam would be the better place to actually have a title change for Oscar. Yeah. Which kind of makes me think they'll just do it in Saudi, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, it's it's uh, we'll see what happens. But either way, EO lost. It was partially Bailey's fault. It looks like her group's kind of falling apart a bit. So we'll see what happens there. But I think that this shows EO as this version can be a really good baby face just by herself. And uh, when Jim Cornette's giving you uh, compliments, I guess that's a that's that's a good thing. Right, Chris? You're EO yeah, Sky. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And in Bailey and Eo, that'd be a great feud, right? That's the breakup. I would assume. Yeah, there's a third one, but does does anyone really care what Dakota Kai's doing? <laughs> I hate to say it, but uh, I mean, we kind of knew that going into Dakota Kai. <laughs> like, um, I think Dakota Kai is a fine wrestler. <laughs> yeah, that's, she's got a hell of a kick. I don't know that I would put her with Bailey and EO to be like, all right, show off. (laughs) Two of the best female wrestlers in the world. She's going to get kind of drowned out a little bit. You know, I think damage control is the modern shield. I think that's what it is. So she's going to go to AEW. (laughs) Dakota's going to go to AEW and just start blading every week. Uh, oh my God! I hope so. More, That'd be amazing. <laughs> more, more to come in the uh, in the cage match that we'll get to. Uh, anyways, so next match. I'm not oh, saying oh, that this I, is a match. I just What's got hot news. Sorry. I got hot news on Twitter. Ready for this? Okay. Uh, Dean Elves 42 smells like the inside of my mom's purse. <laughs> Dakota Sky. Oh. She just posted that. So. What? Yeah, she said you smell like the inside of her mom's purse. I thought it was Moxley that would have put that. That's weird. No, it's Dakota. All right, well, tell 
Well, tell Dakota Kai that I said to that she has a hell of a kick. Tell her that actually. <laughs> She's like, thank you. I like Sami Zayn as well. <laughs> She's weird uh, on Twitter, bro. <laughs> I know, man. Check out our picture section. Is anything worth going to check out? No. All right, we're going <laughs> to keep on going. Uh, so, like I was saying, I'm not saying that this was a masterpiece or anything like that, but it's the one thing I can say that's negative coming out of this is Omos has lost a lot. But I think that he really honestly, I know that we're, we're looking at the last time Brock Lesnar, this time uh, fucking Seth Rollins. And I think for a big guy, one of the best big guy workers, Seth's one of the best, you know, average sized wrestlers. Um, but he was able to have a good match. I love how he kind of chopped him down and even went off the top ropes to finish him with that big stomp. And I think Omos, I've said this, his facial expressions, uh, his agility, you know, I, I always hate kind of downing him, but like people started putting Omos next to great Kali. And I'm not saying that Omos is or will be Andre the Giant or the Big Show, two of the most agile big men during their time periods of all time. Uh, but I think that he is much more efficient of a giant that they've had in a long time. And the one negative thing, like Seth was going to win. We knew that going in. I also think that they were watching some uh, Randy Savage, uh, Andre stuff at the beginning. Cause it mirrored like some stuff I had watched earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, a match between the two of them, just because someone told me, I think it was like Jake the snake on, um, on one of these podcasts. We're talking about how much Andre threw him around because he really didn't like macho man in real life. And it looked very mirroring. So I don't know if that was kind of like a base of study for like a match like this, but Seth did a good job pulling out a good match out of Omos. And Chris, can Omos be like a beneficial big man if he keeps on getting beat, even if it's from some of the biggest guys in the company? Are you ready me are you ready for me to drop a bombshell? Did Dakota Kai say something else to me? No. <laughs> she she's not responding. Um I would rather watch a no boss match than a Braun Strowman match. Because with almost at least I'm getting something different each time. Depending on who he's working with. With Braun, I have to watch him run into the ring post seventeen times. So <laughs> If you look at it like that, I know Omos is not the best worker, and he's in there with Seth, and they I think they did a good big man, little man match. You know, not anything to write home about, but I, when I was watching this match, I, I was like, I'd rather watch this than a Braun Strowman match. I think that's a good way of uh, looking at it when it comes to Omos. Um, he he also gets like way too much shit because I, I don't think he's actually that bad. Like, have you seen Sodom Singh wrestle? <laughs> like, no one no one does because <laughs> of the fact that he has. So yeah, like, uh, almost is fine. He just he wrestles a different style in an era where people rely on spots, and he he just does power slams. That's kind of like. Dude, for legitimately, and no offense to the Andre fans that believe the uh, the the bullshit um, 
height because Andre was not 7'4". He is legitimately 7'4". And he's a big dude. I would say I think he's more efficient not only than someone like the great Cali and obviously Giant Gonzalez, no offense to him, but I think, like, I've, I've seen fucking, uh, what, what's his, Big John Studd in the, in the ring. I, I, don't, I don't think he's got shit on uh, Omos. And remember, keep on, he's like 27, 28 years old. It's a big motherfucker. Yeah, it's and I, I I like to think that like um, Abyss and Kane has gotten with him and and kind of gotten like trying to dial in that big man style because I think they're two of the best honestly. If I had to pick like two big men that I would want someone to train a seven foot four guy with, it'd be Kane and Abyss because I think they're both fucking phenomenal. Uh, but. I think he's gotten better. He just, you know, it's one of those weird things where they give him like four squash matches and then he loses. It's in modern wrestling. It's hard to be a giant. And, and we've seen that in AEW with people like Lance Archer or, um, this goes across both companies. It's just kind of hard. Even Bobby Lashley, to some extent, who was already kind of a name before he went back to WWE. It's kind of just hard to be the big guy. Unless you're like Brock Lesnar or something, but uh, they don't know how to book that character anymore. And um, if you're just looking at it from like in-ring work and stuff, it's like, well, yeah, he's definitely not going to be Seth Rollins. He's seven foot four. <laughs> like, well, you want this guy doing moonsaults? Like, I don't know. But anyways, I I I find his matches more entertaining than some of the other big people they have on their roster. Like Von Wagner, I'd rather watch a homeless match. Oh, I think, man, I think that a lot of people would uh, agree with you on that. Uh, great free agent. Anyways, uh, but yeah, good stuff. Looking forward to more Omas. We'll definitely be seeing Seth Rollins soon as he goes against AJ Styles uh, in Saudi Arabia at the end of this match for the world title. That should be a hell of a banger. You know what's crazy, Chris? So I looked this up. I'm sure that they worked on the road more, but... Besides a match in uh, Ring of Honor that I did not see, that I might go try to find if, if it's available, uh, between Tyler Black and AJ Styles, in WWE they had that one match that I thought was very underrated at Money in the Bank uh, for the title, the one that ended with AJ winning when Seth went up for the stomp and AJ like baited him in and turned it into a, um, oh, God damn it, what the hell's his main move? He he grabbed his leg, locked it, and then put him in the Styles Clash and got the win there. And then after that, they've had two uh, TV matches. So I'm actually happy. I'll just kind of get that first, uh, that we're getting uh, AJ Styles and Seth Rollins in a big profile match at the end of this month, even though there's no storyline at all into it. But for the championship, Chris, that one's uh, that, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I kind of like kind of went on a uh, um, ramble. So, well, are you I mean, a fan like of Ramble on from Led Zeppelin? Ramble on. Uh, yes, yes, I am. Uh, if I had to just go with one, just gut feeling, I think I'm going to go with Seth on that. But yeah, me too. Uh, it's a it's a great match, and AJ is like modern day Ric Flair. He's wrestled everybody. <laughs> Like you name someone, you're like you can find somewhere where AJ has wrestled them. 
whether it's BWG or OVW. Well, I was surprised <laughs> that they've only had three matches in WWE. Two of them were TV matches, and one of them was that pay-per-view at Money in the Bank a couple of years ago. Or was it Money in the Bank? I think it was a couple of years back. That has to be like a Seth and uh, Seth and AJ thing where they're like, we need to save it. <laughs> like thinking they're going to get to this huge cataclysmic like ending. And unfortunately for them, I don't think it's ever going to get there. But uh, yeah, this it, will be pretty good. So. This will be a good match. It probably will still that show. I See, I got to bring this up now, though. So the weird thing in in what happened last night you know we had aj ray and edge aj won and then bobby lashley beat sheamus and um austin theory and bobby lashley fucking busted open his head had like a flap of skin falling off his forehead bleeding all over the place aj's got a busted mouth awesome last match between the two of them uh really good smackdown um, and we'll go into the Roman Reigns promo uh, towards the end of the show. But Edge, it's like he kind of, I don't know if it was WWE telling him to throw off the scent, if he just did this because he's a big superstar and was trying to like see if there, and, and it did catch traction. Busted Open was talking about it. There was different people thinking that this might be something in motion. Edge was put this promo out on social media on Friday, yesterday, when we're recording, saying that the world title itself, it, I know it's not technically the same lineage, but that is pretty much the big gold belt that I never lost. He said that his goal was to win this, um, and that if he did win it, uh, whenever he dropped the title, if someone could beat him for it, that would be his last match. And then he's actually the one who gets pinned by AJ last night when they're in Tennessee, very close to where they live over in uh, North Carolina in Asheville. His kids are in the uh, you know audience. Ray and AJ don't even get an intro. It's Edge that starts off literally the show, and he lost it in the first round for it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Um because that would have been a cool concept. And Edge is someone I could see beating Seth, having one last run with the title that he never lost, and then probably dropping it at SummerSlam, like he was talking about a year ago. Um, so I was really confused on that. Now Seth, now he can't even go for it. He's on SmackDown. So, so there's not even that in the future. So I don't know even if you heard that on Twitter, but... Me telling you, if, if you didn't, was that just Edge going rogue and putting some stuff out there? Or what? Like, because I really honestly he's, thought that he was going to beat AJ last night and, and uh, AJ and um, whoever the fuck was the, the other guy in the first match. Okay, so I'm probably one of the few people that actually remembers how Edge won the title before retiring. <laughs> So he wins the title, he retires, and Christian wins the vacant title from Andrade. Or not Andrade, uh, fucking, what was that guy's name they used to date Paige? Fuck, can't think of his name. Alberto El El Fucko. Alberto Del, yeah, fuck that guy. Um, Yeah, so that's what actually happened with that title run. Like, it was not, like, he didn't have it for, like, 400 days and had to retire from a concussion or anything. He's like, 
he won it and then dropped it and then Christian won it <laughs> and they gave Christian a title run from what I recall in 2011 uh, which or 2011 2012 was not uh, the best edge work ever so it, I don't know like I guess I, it depends see, I don't on think he what was, he means with I, that title run <laughs> If if you didn't see the promo, maybe I, I I said something incorrectly, but he was just saying that it wasn't the best way to end the relationship with that title, and that's why he wanted it again to actually have a run with it. I mean, his best bud wanted the next night. That's kind of I don't know. <laughs> I disagree with Edge, <laughs> but in any case, apparently. They're like, Edge, you're going to go against Roman, so we don't need you in this other title picture. <laughs> that, that, that's what I took from it. So they're going to do Edge versus right. Roman. We'll go on am to I, the next match for this pay-per-view. And am, am it was I wrong actually, on that, though? Because like, when you think about the people that are on SmackDown, like it's Edge, right? Well, I, I'm assuming... It, it doesn't matter. He didn't win. I was just kind of like, why would they put all the work into him kind of looking like he'd win it if he wasn't going to. It would also shift him. That's what I'm saying is it would shift him brands off. Of, like they need a baby face to go after Roman. So like, I kind of assumed that he would be the guy and they will try to do like the SmackDown legend of edge. Cause edge is like, as far as like SmackDown champions go, he's probably the biggest him and Jeff Hardy, I would say. Yep. But I, I don't know. It was it was it was a strange concept, but AJ and Seth should be fine. And we'll we'll talk more about SmackDown stuff when we get there. Let's continue with two of the guys we were talking about that were in that match with Sheamus. Uh but in this uh case for the United States Championship, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed, Bronson Reed doing a motherfucking moonsault. Uh, in this, definitely uh, after uh, his w- one of his favorite wrestlers, Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, but Austin Theory would retain, uh, basically pinning Bronson Reed after Bobby Lashley, uh, or maybe it was one, one or the other, did their finisher to the other person, and then Austin stole the victory. So, um, good match. It was like. Seven minutes long, so it was probably the shortest, but highly entertaining. And Ronson Reed, I think, is proving, Chris, that he's going to be another one of those big men um, that we have to watch uh, here in the future. He's agile. He's a monster. uh, Enjoying his uh, buildup, basically, right now. What's his buildup? He's lost every match I've seen of (laughs) him. Um, I, I mean, it could be like what we were talking about for Omos. They're trying to find a pocket for him because he's still losing to in high-profile situations, you know. Yeah, I mean, with Omos, though, he's got the size. <laughs> that's kind of like – that's what I was talking about with the pocket because, I mean, he does have like – he's just a giant. Bronson Reed is – I don't know. He's a guy who should be getting wins. They're treating him like we need a big man uh, do the Ziggler thing. So he's doing Dolph Ziggler basically. Like every match I see him, he gets he does good work in the ring, and then he takes he takes the pin, which is the worst part. 
Like, if someone else took the pin in that match, I probably wouldn't have as big of a problem with it. But, like, he's literally lost every match I've seen him in, in the past, like, ten matches. Well, it could be worse for him. You know, he could have picked AEW to go to, and then he wouldn't even be on television. So, yeah, you know, maybe this is this is building in some way. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. you're right. He does, he does lose. Tends to lose a lot. He's Bam Bam Zigolo. So. <laughs> Bam Bam Zigolo? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's funny. It's a combination of Bam Bam and Ziggler. <laughs> Use Bam Bam Bigelow, male Gigolo, Ziggler. I just, stupid. I mean, I don't understand. It's like, Bronson Reed's are great. <laughs> I wish he would, he should have stayed in Impact. <laughs> in New Japan. I, I really, I enjoyed him in New Japan and Impact. I really did. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't get it because I feel like he's he's better than a lot of workers they have in WWE and they don't do anything with him and they don't do anything to develop his character and they throw him in there in these big man matches and or they throw him in there as a big man. Um, it's always multi-man matches. That's the other thing. So it's like three way or like the elimination chamber or like they throw him in there to be like the cane of like, hey, you're big and you can do a match. <laughs> they just kind of toss him in there without any thought uh he's better than the other people that are in this match and i love austin theory and bobby lashley but like bronson reed could be a star i feel like people could get behind him i feel like he could have a lot of really good matches with a lot of other people it's kind of like kevin owens where it's like sneaky good matches uh but whatever different conversation yes and not only that um I mean, it's it's like he, he's got this Samoa Joe meets Bam Bam Bigelow type of presence to him. Um, he's got that vicious Polynesian look to him like he can rip your fucking face off. And uh, is just agile as hell. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it done. I don't know. I'd like to see a lot done with Brown. I'm trying to find out. I'm stalling, if you can't tell, where he ended up if it was Raw or SmackDown. Um, they probably don't know he's a free agent. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that was only Von Wagner, Muhammad, or Mustafa. Sorry, Mustafa Ali and uh, the two monsters. Yeah, Logan Paul really should have been on there. Yeah, all all of those people not as good as Bronson Reed as their monsters. Okay, he's on Raw. Okay, so basically. He's definitely someone that I could see having that IC title or eventually that world title. They just got to reposition him and it doesn't matter. Like I was even alluding to with Omos though, it doesn't matter if they look like a badass and they're this monster Bronson for his size. The other one, obviously Omos for his height. If they continually lose, even if they're the biggest people that they're losing to, it's just going to, you know, have diminishing, Results, I would say. Yeah, I, I kind of like Bronson Reed to me is someone they need to just let be himself because, like, when you hear, when I've heard him talk in interviews and stuff outside of WWE, he just comes off more personable and like kind of a cool guy. Kind of like when Roman turned heel <laughs> or the Usos when you saw them outside of WWE from their happy go lucky gimmick. Uh, he might be one of those guys. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but it, it just makes me sad that I just continuously see him lose. But he, they had a good match. It was it, it was fine. Um, 
they they like Austin. I like Austin Theory a lot too. I don't know that whatever they're doing with him is clicking. He's, He's gonna, gonna have a U.S. title forever. I think they're just gonna keep it on him and just let him do that. Yeah, he's getting a little. He's getting. He's he's getting like kind of. uh, He's getting kind of go away heat at this point, though. Like kind of like what they did with Baron Corbin. So I I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that, man. Um. All right. Next match for the SmackDown Women's Championship for the Raw Superstar. Like I said, they got to figure out what the fuck. I guess they got to switch titles soon. Or, I don't know. But Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega. Obviously, Zelina Vega is from Puerto Rico. Her family was all in the front row. Um, came out with a dress uh, that with the Puerto Rican flag. Awesome outfit. Uh, huge ovation. She was crying while she was going down to the ring. And she would even be like that afterwards, even though she lost. Which I think all of us saw coming. Tarea Ripley got a big reception from her homeland and uh, at the beginning, and I asked some of my Hispanic coworkers about this to, you know, find out if this is a thing. This is actually literally a thing within a lot of cultures um, of the chakla and uh, how dumb it was. But how, the reason why it got such a big pop is it's and I'm so surprised my my ex roommate Veronica never told me about this. Maybe she did, and I just don't remember. But it's basically that the accuracy of a mother uh, from a Hispanic background, like Mexican, Puerto Rican, etc., uh, with a shoe in her hand, you know, especially a slipper, she could nail you like if you're 100 yards away or something like right in the face. And she obviously did that to Rhea Ripley. So there was that. But the match itself. I thought that Zelina Vega did a good – this is going to be the biggest match that she's ever had. has to be. And like I said, I don't, I don't think any of us thought that Rhea Ripley was going to lose her belt right after WrestleMania. Uh, and also, to no offense, to Zelina Vega. It just didn't seem like the odds were good. But good match. Uh, Rhea ended up winning, obviously, and Looked like a badass doing it, but I thought that this was a good showing, like I said, of Zelina Vega. And, you know, even though it's a loss, it's like she had her uh, boyhood dream moment, if you will, Chris, uh, afterwards where she got the ovation. And, uh, yeah, that was that, 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 that was that was good. That was good, right? Yeah, I enjoyed this match, and it's kind of a coming out party for Zelina Vega, and hopefully they book her better because she's great in all aspects. Um, even going back to NXT days where she was hitting her Karanas and six-inch heels, uh, Zelina Vega is awesome <laughs> for people out there sleeping. We've been talking about this for a while. You know, the caveat could they could have just given us like Liv versus Rhea. That would have been boring, right? This was way better. I enjoyed it. Um, like like you said, I mean, we kind of went into it knowing like Rhea's not dropping the title. <laughs> That's crazy. Because I think Rhea's, if you had to do like a top female wrestling list, she'd be like number one in the world right now, right? But um, it's a fun match. I liked, I, there's nothing uh, really negative to say. They did work like a big man, small man match, which which I thought was kind of interesting, like the female version of that. Um, God damn it, Rhea's so good. <laughs> like, 
that's that's the that, that's the the honest answer. Zelina was great, but Rhea is so fucking good. She's on top of her game right now. It's incredible. Yep, absolutely. Hope she holds that title for a while. Uh, next match. Very surprised by this match, um, and I think a lot of people thought that it should have been the main event. And I think it could have been a good match to have in the main event, especially with all the surprises within the match itself. But, I mean, biggest storyline, I think that what they went with, it's, it's, it could have gone either way. Uh, the fact that you had the bloodline a, a, against Riddle Owens and uh, Zayn as the uh, between match is kind of crazy because that was fucking nuts as well. Uh, but Bad Bunny, Damian Priest, I mean, should we say this? <laughs> and this is being said by a lot of talking heads in wrestling. How the hell, you look at a Pat McAfee, you look at a Logan Paul, you look at Bad Bunny, you can even go, even though they only have one match, Tyson Fury had a very feasible match with Braun Strowman, and he brings his presence when he hosted the uh, UK show. Um, but especially those first three, man, how are they able to get i know he trains with ray i know logan has uh you know Shawn michaels to help him out and then rip rogers obviously trained um pat mcafee but we have it's it's not even like the high-flying stuff that bad bunny did in this match it was the facial expressions i know that they had time to breathe with all that interference and i'm sure that his lungs were on fucking fire just from having you know a close to 25 minute match uh, with Damien going in the audience and stuff like that, but facial expressions naturally extremely good. Uh, just knowing when to pause the match and and, and stop it. Uh, you know, taking that fucking brutal table bump halfway through the match. Um, Bad Bunny, man. I mean, like I said, Pat McAfee, Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, all feasible wrestlers. Some of their natural instincts are better than some of their wrestling counterparts, man, uh, of young guys around their same age that don't have as much experience as them. So I, I thought about this a lot, and do you think that's just because they're great performers and are put on stage in front of you know thousands of people, whether there's TV or um, live shows like Bad Bunny? Do you think that's part of it? Is just they've done it so much for like. Because Bad Bunny is performing in front of way more people than we're at this wrestling show on a nightly basis. Do you think that's part of it? With with at least with the facials, like you still got to put the work in, right, and, and do the bumps or whatever. But I, I I think that's what we're starting to see is like these performers, you know, they're doing bigger shows on a nightly basis. So like the selling part's not that hard for them. And then when you get like, like uh, some of these like amateur wrestlers that come in, they don't have that because like, you know, their performance is maybe like 5,000 people. Yeah, it definitely, uh, I think it definitely helps to be able to be an entertainer to that level. Um, and WWE but, also WWE, The WWE, the WWE style does a good job of catering to this stuff, and they always have. It's just, oh yeah, the performers that we're getting now are way better than some they had in the past. Like, look at yeah. you. Who's the only? 
when it comes to past celebrities, who's the only go-to as a good one? Uh, like Mr. from Mr. here back, the biggest of all no, time. I, I would I would say it's honestly Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor had way better of a match than he should have, and everyone said that. Other than that, and I don't think Mayweather did a bad job either. I actually thought that was a very feasible match, but it's not often you get three guys like this. Pat McAfee fucking has shown great performances in everything, even trying to have a feasible shitty match with Vince McMahon, but that's not really his fault. Uh, Logan Paul, every time. Only like four performances. He's been in there with Roman and Seth. Very high-profile matches. There's a rumors he might be going against Cody for SummerSlam. Yeah, those, those guys are... Great. They're kind of like and then weird Bad Bunny. unicorns. Yeah, those are like weird unicorns. Bad Bunny is like... I put him in more like the Stephen Amill category of like more outside of their... There's another one, though. He gets sat on, but Steven did a great has done a great job with wrestling every time he's been a part of it. Even that yeah. match with Christopher Daniels, that was very daunting at all out or all in. Yeah, it's it, but do you get what I'm saying though? Like you know, yeah. like the like the Pauls, they're obviously elite athletes that train. Even though I don't you know, I don't think they're the best fighters in the world, and I wouldn't necessarily, you know, if one of them was going against Pacquiao wouldn't necessarily pick them against Pacquiao, even though Pacquiao is like 175 years old. <laughs> um, yep. But they're, you know, they're training every day. Like the, the, like that's the thing is like some of these people are like legitimate fucking like athletes. Definitely will whoop the shit out of me and you for sure. Pat McAfee is like an ex football player uh, who was trained by, you know, a great wrestler. So it's, it's kind of like, you're getting a weird, like, new thing in WWE where they go after these big names, but, like, they go out. I'm, I'm glad they started going after big names that actually like entertainment and like wrestling, you know, because they yep. used to just go after because big names. All four of the guys that we've mentioned, all huge wrestling fans and completely get it. And in, in Tyson Fury, Pat McAfee, Bad Bunny, and also, uh, Logan Paul, they're all big wrestling fans. They never make it look stupid, which is good. Like I said, not saying that other guys did beforehand, but you know, it's just different. It's uh, who who they have to mess with, even the potential of Gabe, Gable uh, Stevenson. You know, uh, it's it's crazy that these guys, especially Bad Bunny, it's natural instincts, man. And I mean, like I said, I know a lot of that was selling. Because your lungs are on fire and you've never wrestled a match this long, but you did a damn good job and took a lot of bumps. That a fucking one of the biggest music entertainers in the world, even if I'm not like very privy to his music besides his entrance and stuff I hear on, you know, uh, different shows for WWE, um, he doesn't have to do any of that shit at all. In, in, okay, so I actually love this match, but here's an example of a performer that is opposite of what we're talking about. We, he loves wrestling, but opposite, Action Bronson. <laughs> like, when he was interviewed, he's like, oh, I don't take any bumps. <laughs> like, And he didn't. <laughs> if you watch Action Bronson and Hook, that's, you know, or Shaq. And Sha I think Shaq did a really good job in his match. You know? He took a table bump. Yeah, he did take a table bump. But... 
it's kind of that, right? Like they're going to do like one or two spots, but these like people that WWE are starting to hearken in on, like Dave Grohl is going to be out here soon, probably. Oh, um, I'm down for that. <laughs> Dave Grohl is going to be out here in Hurricane Ronas. Uh, they're 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 like finding people that like wrestling and love wrestling and like you know, big stars in different atmospheres, and this is why WWE is so good at what they do. You know, like they, so, they are, they're the best at what they do because they're like, we like social media. Let's get one of the Paul brothers. Uh, we like, we, you know, we have to compete with football. Let's get one of the biggest football podcasters to come be our announcer in wrestle for two years. <laughs> like it's smart. It's, it's the marketing machine, but it also is because they're picking people that care about wrestling and try to do well when being involved in it, which is baffling when they hire like really fucking weird ass commentators that have nothing to do with the wrestling world, but that's a whole different story. So I guess this kind of brings me down to a lot of people are saying, and I would have no problem with this, although it's going to take a lot more coordinating since you're not going against an actual wrestler, but you have the audience of bad bunny totally comes off like a fucking baby face. You have the audience of Logan Paul totally comes off as a heel. I think you might know where I'm going with this. Would that be a big match at WrestleMania next year? Logan Paul, Bad Bunny. Also noting that in real life, they kind of got a little bit of heat since Logan Paul lives in Puerto Rico. And I think that they had like some words that weren't positive towards each other. I'll just say that online. But... That's a lot of people outside of the wrestling product having two, you know, another reason to to tune in for Logan Paul going against Bad Bunny. Do you think that could work? The Pauls versus uh, Mysterio and um, God, now I just slipped on his name. But yeah, yes, I Bad Bunny, Mysterio and Bad Bunny versus the Paul brothers. Or you could do Pat and uh, Bad Bunny versus the Paul brothers. They could do that. Uh, Jake Paul got washed in his last fight, so I'm assuming he's showing up in WWE as a tag team but partner. Let's just keep it down to individuals. Do you think that they could put on a decent singles match since both of them don't have, you know, a lot of a lot of training compared to others? Could Logan Paul and Bad Bunny be a big match at WrestleMania? That's not a main event match, but a big marquee match. Yeah, seven minutes with the right road agent on top of it. Yeah, sure. Why not? They're both they've they've proven that they both can do it, right? Like they both had very successful big stage matches at this point. So yeah, why not? I mean, it's not going to be like a five star like Kenny Omega versus Okada match, but could they have a good match? Yeah, why not? That that's not out of the possibility. You know what I mean? Like if Paul Heyman books that match, like. Dude, he booked Goldberg versus Lesnar and made that a good match. <laughs> I think he can handle Bad Bunny in the one of the balls. <laughs> Not to be a dick, but I mean, like, you know, like they're gonna train for like three months for whatever. If if they were gonna have a match, they would train for like three months and it'd be well rehearsed and they know what they were gonna do and it'll be fine. They're both athletic enough to pull it off. Yeah, I would have it with Bad Bunny going against Logan. Bad Bunny has Ray in his corner. Jake is in his corner. They appoint 
Pat McAfee as the special guest referee. Uh, <laughs> basically, at some point to get rid of Jake Paul, who continuously keeps interfering in the match, kicks him out of there, maybe sets it up for something in the future. And then at the end of it, whoever wins, uh, Pat McAfee gives him a stunner. And that's it. You know, goes out Brock and Goldberg style. Sure. That's, that's, I that's mean, what I'm, I want. I'm, I'm down for it. This sounds awesome. I guess Logan has to win because I don't want to see him give give Bad Bunny a stunner. That wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> is Logan Paul like the good? Has he won a match? <laughs> Did Logan Paul ever win a match or is he just like the greatest still yeah. to never win a match? <laughs> just speaking about, you know, Bronson Reed and Omos, uh, Logan also has not won. No, maybe want, he won his first I, match. I want I want Logan versus Kevin Owens because I know that would be a fucking great match. Because it's just going to be mostly Kevin selling for like 90% of it. And going, oh! You know when he gets hit and shit? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, let's get the Paul brothers versus uh, the Canadian duo. <laughs> the the Montreal Les Habitants. Which, by the way, they should go by Les Habitants as a tag team because no one's done that. This is the Canadians. It's the uh, Montreal like Canadians tier. Uh, with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as the tag team, them versus the Pauls. I mean, that you kind of already know what that match is going to be, but you know it's going to be good. <laughs> so, I still like, want w- Usos and Pauls, man. Yeah, see who's been down since day one ish. The Usos also show up with their Pokemon cards around their necks. They're like, we also collected Pokemon cards. Our dad was. We got Pokemon cards. No, 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 no. (laughs) They have beanie babies, like retired beanie babies around their neck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's how we do. Uh, Hey, hey, we we did talk about something big in this match, though, because I know that we're going to we might forget it if we move on. Good match. Damian lost. I guess that's another thing. That's a bad thing. But in it, the spectacle of the LWO coming to help out against the judgment day and who is the person that comes to the ring first none other than carlos cologne who once again just like he did at uh rumble two years ago looked in great shape i think he's like 42 comes out and basically does his apple thing to damien uh when ray uh gets him with the 619 uh just a lot of fun seeing him but that wasn't it then you know, headed back up the ring, trying to flee. You have Dominic and uh, Finn Balor, who are met with Savio Vega, who still, I mean, I've seen him recently in MLW, but he's still got it, man. His fucking kicks, his hits all look great, and totally knocks Finn Balor out with his kick uh, to bring the match back to just Damian and Bad Bunny towards the end of it. But great seeing Carlos Colon and Savio Vega, obviously huge in Puerto Rico. Um, or I'm saying Carlos, it's Carlito, Carlos Colon's son, I should say. Um, but, man, I, I, I don't know why Carlito didn't get another run after the Rumble. It was fun to see him. It just kind of, I don't know if that was his own doing or what, but once again, he looks great. And I love Savio, man. Very underrated. If you guys want to see some awesome matches with, with uh, Stone Cold at the beginning of his run, he had a couple matches with Savio. Uh, very underrated matches. Very underrated feud for Austin at the beginning of that uh, that concept. The Rock as well, right? Had some matches with Savio. Like yep. they put Savio, like he was their their Ziggler back then. Um, yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, Savio is great. Yeah, that was that was really really cool. Uh, the internet exploded when Carlito showed up. Like that was like a legend showed up at Rumble or something. It was kind of like, were you on Twitter when this happened? <laughs> no, but I mean, he like when he showed up at Rumble two years ago. I think everyone thought he was going to start another run because he got a huge response from wherever the fuck they were for that rumble was great in the match. And, uh, you know, he ended up like there was rumors. I remember we talked about it, but yeah, I, th- I, I, I always liked Carlito. Yeah, me too. I, I liked the feud that he had with John Cena specifically. Um, yeah, I just hate, I think that they kind of are, I think that they kind of like, I don't know. He ended up being kind of razor light, if that makes sense. Um, but I thought he had potential to not be like the rock, but like be like this great second generation kind of full of himself wrestler. And that's when I stopped watching it. I was like, this guy's going to be big. And he kind of dissipated instead. Yeah. He is like a very unique wrestling style too. Cause he does like the amateur stuff, but he still does loot just Owen Hart ish different but you get what i'm saying like it was like i'm doing the amateur stuff but also if i need to i can hit some lucha moves he kind of had that style like he was he was different especially if you go back and watch those matches he had with uh the little feud he had with john cena he won the u.s belt the spinner belt from cena if you guys remember back in the day and then they had like a little feud that was good shit like uh i was just surprised how much the internet remembered carlito and how many people were also watching backlash when i was watching backlash i was like all right cool i'm not the only person that popped for carlito uh i was sad that we didn't get la parka (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know when i think lwo it's just in wcw like we talked about this on the last episode of like LWO is not necessarily a thing to bring up because there's they would just literally throw guys like psychosis would be there one week and like <laughs> Laparco would be there one week. Can we at least get like a get like a chair guitar solo or something? Also, do you think Finn Balor regrets his decision of not just staying in Japan because Jesus Christ are these people beating the absolute shit out of him? <laughs> like, God, that poor guy cannot catch a break. He's getting stiffed so hard. Yeah, yeah he got kicked right in the face by Savio, that sidekick. That, that definitely connected. But, you know, I'm sure he's like, he's for a legend. That was, that was a terrible Irish accent. Uh, I love Finn, but, like, you know, like, part of the reason he wanted to go to America is because he's older. He's like, I work a lighter style or whatever because he was Prince Devitt and New Japan doing G1 and shit. And, you know, yeah. as we know, Japanese strong style, they beat the shit out of each other. Now, in New Japan, they're working lighter than WWE, apparently. I'm sure he's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, was- and NXT was pretty aggressive when he came into that uh, at first. <laughs> yeah, he, he left Japan to go to Ring of Honor, basically, uh, Ring of Honor Light, I should say. <laughs> Which. I, oh, I just, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna get my ass kicked by Samoa Joe. He gets the main trash. roster. He gets he gets the he gets the main roster, wins the title, arm immediately gone, has to drop the title, and then immediately gets put in matches with just behemoths that are just out to murder him. Apparently, poor fucking. And sometimes guy. the ring just just <laughs> yes. he pumps. Ex- yeah, Paul 
Paul Heyman uses his <laughs> Superman vision we didn't know he had to explode rings. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> they like to ignore that one, but we will never let it go on this podcast. I'm still... Uh, if we ever get Paul Heyman years from now when Paul Heyman's retired and he's you know, at his nursing home, he decides to do an interview with us for $700. Um, that's what I'm assuming he's going to charge for it. <laughs> that's going to be the first question I asked. I was like, Paul, <laughs> remember that time the ring exploded around Finn Balor and you had to sell it? <laughs> what, was the, what was the thought process going on in here? Because, I mean, Paul Heyman did sell the shit out of it. But at the same time, you know in his head, he's like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> the, thought, the, the thought process was, my wallet got fatter. And that, that would be it. Then he'd waddle off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. I was like, that was a waste of $700. <laughs> uh, doesn't, doesn't matter. But uh, what the hell is going to say? Uh, yeah, Bad Bunny, Damian Priest. I don't know if it was a match of the night, but I had a lot of fun with that match. I definitely was popping. Uh, while watching it for the crowd, it was the match of the night, and that's all that kind of matters, right? So, I mean, like, yeah. that bunny killed that crowd, crowd man. Too- they were great, it's a good crowd. And bet, and like, but when Bad Bunny went through that table, like, it's like everyone's soul left their body for a second. They're like, Oh, hope he's okay. <laughs> like, that was yeah, great. Yeah, there's some good, I think, there was I think Hunter moments. was, uh, I think Hunter was thinking that too. God damn it, I don't know why they convinced me to let him do this, but this is dumb. Um, recording artist. By the way, also, the, I love the uh, the pre-show um, YouTube fucking press conferences they're doing uh, prior to the events. Uh, that was actually a lot of fun to watch. Um, continue doing that. Uh, it's different than what AEW is doing, but I, I, I still like that sports feel. And I don't know, Hunter just comes out very personable. For that, but the whole Damien pushing Bad Bunny across the fucking stage, Bad Bunny getting back up and slapping the shit out of him—that was a, a lot of good, a uh, lot of good stuff. Cody coming out talking, so I, I like those. I don't know if you get a chance to watch them, Chris, but <laughs> it may, I, I do, and it makes AEW look like such bush league shit. Because like this is what we were talking about in New Japan. Like they do this, but they don't get unprofessional about it. When they, I mean, they're in kayfabe when they do these press conferences. I was like, they should do that if it's supposed to be a real sports fill. Meanwhile, in AEW, they're like, no, just say whatever you want. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, I didn't. And here we that. are. <laughs> yeah. And we, and here we are. God. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that. I mean, like, you know, treat it in kayfabe as like Tony Khan heard me talking about it. He's like, yeah, I should just let him say whatever the fuck they want. Apparently, it's great. As long as they eat muffins, uh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so w- WWE has done a good job of this because they took what New Japan does with the post-press conference and pre-press conferences. I think they should even do it for weigh-ins. For their, instead of doing like the in-ring weigh-in stuff, uh, they should do like a press conference weigh-in before, like the week before, um, and then do a contract signing. You know how they used to do like the weird – like figure a way to do that. I think, I think that'd be really good for them. Cause like, I mean, new Japan guy, Gato knows what he's doing. <laughs> Just do, do what Gato's doing, but in America <laughs> and not what Tony Khan's doing. Cause <laughs> if I was Tony Khan, I would never have another press conference. again. <laughs> like, 
No. I do. I, you, you are not the first person to say that. <laughs> Yo, nah, I'm good. Or go over parameters, I guess. But yeesh, <laughs> Or just fire uh, people on air during the press conference. <laughs> or uh, if you're standing there like completely befuddled, realize, oh, this is my company. All right, we're not talking anymore. We got to go. Uh, we'll be right back, guys. And then that's it. And, you know, or stand there with your eyes bulging out of your head. But bro, like CM Punk is lucky that the Briscoes were not around for him shitting on Tony (laughs) Khan. Or or like uh G O D. See, Tony Khan needs to surround himself with hard hidden motherfuckers because like the Briscoes probably know any they just would beat the shit out of CM Punk. He's he's got the Bucks and the best friends. Who that what the fuck's gonna happen with that, you know? Yeah, but like he's channeling the inner WCW. You think he would have at least one Haku on his roster, right? He needs a Haku. That's I, I totally. <laughs> what about that uh that guy that's in um? God damn it, I forgot the the one that Brian Cage is a part of. Uh, the agony guys. Anyways, let's just keep on going. Yeah, I was trying to make a joke. Terrible. Let's go to the next match. I've got to say, Chris, I and I guess it's a good time to go into. Uh, what's going to be the match for the tag titles that was announced last night in Saudi Arabia along with this. We can talk about the Roman pay-per-view because that was basically it as far as SmackDown. It was a Roman pay-per-view and those matches. Uh, there was a couple stuff in between, but nothing big, I would say, other than that. But the bloodline, um, we got Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. Um, I think in real life, I could be wrong, and Kevin could just be the best at facial expressions, but I'm pretty sure that Kevin was kind of happy that the relationship with Matt Riddle was done uh, after this match because he just looked so goddamn annoyed every time Riddle was talking. Um, But uh, I could be wrong. Maybe he's just selling it really well, but fooled me. That's all I got to say. Um. This was a fun match. I'm just getting sick of it now. I I like what's setting up in the future, which is going to be the problems of the bloodline are now within the bloodline and how much the Usos are going to be able to take this shit, especially once Roman gets a new challenger involved. That intrigues me. I don't need the relationship with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to continue with the storyline. Uh, I thought this was going to be the end of it, and the bloodline won, not because of Jay or Jimmy, who were having problems throughout the whole match, but because of Solo, who almost killed Jay and fucking spiked his ass because he was getting so annoyed by him. Um, so we're going to have now, after this, like I said, Bloodline wins. Matt Riddle takes the pin. That's why he was there. Um, but one last tag match, Saudi Arabia. Roman berates the fucking Usos, said, you guys lost the damn titles. You know, Solo is the one who won that match for you. Um, over in Puerto Rico, and then you you have a, a, a rematch that you said was on behalf of me that you guys are attributing to me. Like what? Like I'm a singles wrestler. Why would I want you guys to lose on behalf of me? So he said that after working some stuff out, big tag match, Saudi Arabia. It's going to be Kevin and Sammy for the titles against Solo. And Roman and the Usos look pissed. Uh, Jimmy ended up getting in Roman's face. 
um, well, towards him. I got pushed on his ass, actually, and Jay had to, like, get in between them. But Usos are looking like idiots. I don't think Roman and Solo are going to win. I think that actually the Usos are going to try to help them out and then fuck them up in some regard, and Solo's going to take a pin. Um, and also Roman can use that as, that's my first defeat, blah, 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 bring it back to the Usos. But after that, no more. Let Sammy and Kevin have their own thing going forward with the belts and let the let the Usos and, and that family drama continue with the Bloodline storyline. But uh, what do you think about that from last night, man? It was interesting. Um, I'm kind of on the same page of like Sammy and Kevin got to retain, right? So I'm going to think that Sammy hits a sneaky pin on Roman. Like a like a roll up or something because of interference, like you were saying, some fuck shit because it's WWE. But if if yeah. Sammy gets his win back on Roman and like gives him a look like, yeah, motherfucker, like I would really like that based on what happened in their match at Elimination Chamber where Roman fucked him basically. If it if if it was me booking, I would uh, do like Kevin holding Roman's arms down while Sammy gets the pin. So Sammy thinks he won clean, but he didn't really win clean because they're on separate brands, right? So Sammy thinks he gets yep. this big win, and then he sees the replay, and then now he's like, Kevin, why'd you do that? And he's like, because we need the fucking win, bro. <laughs> Have you seen the Montreal yep. Canadiens? We suck. <laughs> <laughs> we we all know where it's going. Eventually, it's going to have where Kevin takes Sammy and puts him across the apron maybe twice this time. With a powerbomb. <laughs> we just know it. But yeah. until then, let's have some good tag matches and them retaining. Because as soon as they lose, ugh, I'm worried about Sammy's back. You know what would be great? And, and Kevin Owens won't ever do this, but what if he started wearing a fedora and carrying around a list? A <laughs> list of Owens. That would be hilarious. <laughs> WWE gets a lawsuit from Jericho. <laughs> He, they can't. He, Jericho, like WWE, they own that. <laughs> Otherwise, Jericho oh, would have already right. done a list. <laughs> yeah, like we own lists. Any list that you've ever written down, we own it. It's WWE. We own list of things. <laughs> nah, it'd just be it'd be hilarious to do like a festival of friendship with Kevin and Sammy and. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. It's just different. I think Sammy would be like, all right, Kevin, I'm not stupid. You want me to go? We just lost the titles. You want me to have a festival of our friendship out in the ring? Well, no, they can retain. I I think they're going to retain the titles. I think it's going to be because Kevin Owens is just is crazy. Like, like I I said, I think I think it will roll. I think it'll be a roll up on like Roman. And Kevin holds his arms down or something. If I was booking, that's what I would do. Because then you have inner turmoil of like, Sammy finally gets his pin over Roman, but it's like jaded. So he doesn't get the victory that he wanted, you know? Because so like, what else do you have to go on? Because like, they're on separate rosters, so. Wait, Sammy and Kevin are on the same roster. Yeah, Sammy and... Uh, Kevin are on the same roster, but the rest of the tag team division's not. Oh. So. 
<laughs> you get yeah, what I'm well, saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they haven't separated those yet. Uh, I mean, there's not big enough of. It doesn't matter. Um, but you hear what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, gonna have yeah, to I, go. I, they're gonna have to go straight to that feud because there's like, fucking, they're gonna do Vi- is Viking Raiders on Raw? Is that like Kevin and Sammy's next big thing? That's a good point. Um, well, we'll find out because after Saudi Arabia, they've gone through pretty much every tag team uh, that would be high profile, I would say, since they're going to be going against Solo and Roman. Um, but we'll see. But that was a good match, 22-minute match. I just like I said, it the in-between match, which is crazy, and also... I've kind of, I'm done with this part of the storyline. I need the splinter for both groups um, to excel in the future. Last match, not even 10 minutes. Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar. I mean, I, I like, I get why Big Bad Bunny at the end with all the guests coming out and shit like that, that the last match to go off would have been good. But like everyone, fucking people love Cody Rhodes. Huge, you know, from the audience. Then you have Taker Brock come out. And before he even get in the ring, Cody's fucking doing a, uh, you know, uh, suicide dive, nailing Brock and just coming at him full speed, hitting him with chairs before the bell goes off, just trying to break him down immediately. Um, and... Then when it got in the ring, it was very similar to what's been done before with Brock with smaller guys. So we're calling Cody and AJ and Seth and, and smaller guys, but you know, in comparison to the Beast oh, and Carter. I mean, I mean to be fair, Brock is the size of my '92 Blazer, so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a humongous motherfucker. So love you, Brock. <laughs> uh, basically, there would be Brock coming at you know with a suplex getting Rody, uh, Cody for a while, and then Hope Spot. Uh, this all accumulates to, at one point, Brock going for a suplex, Cody holding on to the the turnbuckle, not so much to try to remove it, just holding on for fucking dear life so he doesn't get dropped on his head again, ripping it off, getting suplex, exposed. So we have a spot, very classic in wrestling, drop toe hold from Cody, and... From what, and I, I don't know how you feel about it, but from what uh, wrestling superstar over in Atlanta, my coworker, Hoax, a.k.a. Mikey O'Rourke, it, looked, it was definitely hard way, but it looked like Brock basically took his head and fucking bashed it in there uh, himself, like caught himself a bit and kind of caused the... Uh, but I mean, when I say that this started bleeding and was perfect for Puerto Rico based on you know, their their climate for wrestling over there. Everyone fucking loved it. Brock is gushing blood everywhere. He actually said the F word uh, after bashing his head into the uh, the space. And they had a big-ass close-up of the blood coming out at first. It's all over Cody. Brock's, you know, kind of in peril. Uh, Cody gets him with, like, I think three friggin' crossroads. Um, but I don't... Was that the pin? After the three crossroads, Chris, or did something else happen within the match that I'm forgetting? No, so Brock Brock hooks up the Gamora lock, and Cody looks That's done. Right. That's and right. He, hit, he gets he him hits with, a sneaky he gets, pin, so yeah. they still protect Brock on the win. 
because Cody's arm was definitely going to get ripped out of socket by the monster, but he got the pin. And I was like, God damn it. This is such a good finish. It's such a good Paul Heyman booked this. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought <laughs> when, I, when I saw it. Cause like he does the best job of Brock matches and like, well, if Brock's got to lose, got to make him look good. <laughs> and they did that. And like, uh, I don't know how Cody morphed his body into that pin in a Kimura, but like good for him. That's how he pinned Brock. So like Brock didn't actually like he got beat, but he got beat with like a roll up kind of. So you can always go back there, you know, so smart booking. And, and obviously Brock hasn't signed a new contract. So whatever. I think you should sign Brock because he's been great. Otherwise, like AEW sign Brock, pay him all of the money, whatever CM Punk's making, like give him like an extra million on top of that. Cause like Brock showing up and just be like, see him, like see him who <laughs> like the fuck are you on about <laughs> would be great for AEW. <laughs> if they uh, Kenny Omega right. and Brock <laughs> yeah, Lesnar like would be so much fun. Like fucking Brock, just face washing Kenny Omega, like in the bucks, like, I don't give a shit. Oh, you got your own show. <laughs> got your own show, punk. <laughs> really? I've had my own show for years. It's called raw. <laughs> you ever heard of it? <laughs> well, you know, and, and within this match, man, I just, I forgot Cody. Like I said, Brock, he kicked out of three crossroads. I think it was, but it was because, and Brock wouldn't, doesn't have to do this. Cody fucking kicked out of an F5. Now it was a slow one of those things where Brock was slow to fucking pin Cody, but they even made an acknowledgement on commentary like that doesn't happen often. So, you know, the one thing, and we always go to this when Brock has these matches that everyone's like, oh, Brock's for himself. Blah, blah, blah. Brock is the second biggest person besides John Cena that is notable from his generation of wrestling. He didn't have to fucking come back to WWE. Yeah, he dominated people because he was fucking Brock Lesnar. And he has still had great matches with a variety of small guys that it basically, and to, you know, uh, the hindrance of someone like uh, John Moxley when they were, you know, going on, if, if he does actually respect you, he puts on a great fucking match. And he didn't have to lose. He didn't have to hard way himself on the fucking turnbuckle thing. He didn't have to give up an F5 to an opponent. Um, and him. it looks like now, because of last uh, Monday, uh, you know, Brock caused Cody, which I think someone, sort of a prediction that someone said, I think, last week. I don't know. But that Brock was going to interfere and cause Cody to not get out of the first round of that tournament. He did. Put him through a fucking table. Looked scary as hell, screaming at him. And it looks like that, you know, from Cody's response, we're going to get Cody and Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia for another match. And who knows? This could go until SummerSlam, just keeping Cody away from the title picture for the summer. No idea. But either way, Brock Lesnar ain't anyone to fuck with. And to me, his his matches are just different every single time. It's always it brings way more of a big match feel to it. Because he's so goddamn ferocious. He's also a video game boss. You're you like, like Lesnar has yep. a weak spot. Like you have to like do some damage with like your bullshit weapon to actually hurt him. 
<laughs> which is kind of what happened in this match. So he gets bloodied up, right? And then you're like, oh, now I have the damage on him so I can attack, which is what Cody did. But, like, Brock Lesnar is like, someone played Zelda and was like, all right. <laughs> now, or Mega Man. They were like, all right, I get it. This is how you beat Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I I am glad that my prediction of what was going to happen to Cody did not come to fruition because I thought Cody was going to get absolutely drug in this match because it's been a while since we had like a dominant Brock victory. I thought Cody was going to get seen really hard, like a bazillion suplexes, a F5, go to sleep kind of match. We didn't get that. Um, It was a really good match. Like, for what it was, it's a Brock match. I don't need Brock to be, you know, all right, people are always like, you know, Goldberg Goldberg had this one good match. It was like three minutes long. Brock is better at doing that match than Goldberg. <laughs> and Brock, Brock's selling, like, him bleeding, like how pissed off he was that he was bleeding. He was like, how dare you make me bleed my own blood? <laughs> like... His facial Brock is just the best, dude. I, I don't understand people that don't like Brock Lesnar. I get it. They booked him way too hard. They gave the title to him for way too long. Whatever. Get over it. He's fucking he's Brock. He's great. <laughs> Brock is here. It's like me with Roman. When when I was like, fuck you guys, Roman's great. We were <laughs> I guess our podcast is the, the thing that just disagrees with all of society most of the time. But um Brock's fucking great. It's amazing. Hopefully AEW signs him because I really want him and Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega <laughs> like hitting a V trigger on Brock and Brock just standing up would be amazing. <laughs> God, that um, would be scary looking. Yeah, like he hits him. And, yeah. <laughs> and there's blood, you know, because AEW, so there's all the blood and they're both bleeding, probably. And like Mox is like, hey, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take Kenny, we're gonna put like a little razor on his knee, and then he's gonna come up, he's gonna be trigger you right before it. <laughs> Brock is like, remember that time that I didn't solve for your mania? I'm not gonna do it now, homie. <laughs> Book my own uh, fucking match. Um, yeah. Anyways, Brock, Brock had a good match with Cody. Like, whatever. I thought the finish was very creative and very fun. Because they're still trying to protect Brock. I think they still really want to do something with him and uh, Bray. And they kept Bray off the draft and they kept Bray off. the. I I just don't know that Brock wants to do it, honestly. (laughs) And if I was Brock, I wouldn't want to do it either. You know what I love, though? (laughs) Is is like, I don't want to do a spooky shit with Bray. Brock comes back as heel. I'm going to be the undertaker. <laughs> Heel Brock undertaker trench coat hat, but he didn't want to do spooky shit. It wasn't that he didn't want to do spooky shit. He's like, fuck you, Bray. I'm going to be the goddamn undertaker now. That's yeah. God forbid Brock Lesnar act like actual wrestling versus like spooky goop shit falling from the sky. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I fucking love Brock, dude. He's great. I, Brock is Brock has to be the most underrated wrestler of all time. And I, and I will say this because people have shit on Brock for so long. But has anyone ever carried a company as hard as Brock has in the past 10 years? All right, Maybe yeah, Bruno? seriously. Who? 
he, he seriously as an attraction he's like an andre level attraction and there is no one from the last 25 or uh, 20 i'll say 20 up until like the, once austin and rock left the two people that picked that up the most that if you ask a person they probably know both these people even if they don't watch wrestling it's john cena and it's brock lesnar and goldberg so the roman yeah, Goldberg. I would throw Goldberg up there too. It's well, like Goldberg, a, like Goldberg's a, a part of. To me, Goldberg's a part of the the Austin Rock attitude generation. I'm saying past that, over Kurt Angle, over Edge, over Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, over anyone within 2000, like 2005 and on, basically. I just no like one to think is uh, the level of yeah. Brock Lesnar, John Cena. I like to think if you ask this question to um, Big E, <laughs> what his responses would be. <laughs> Big E, who would you like to wrestle at WrestleMania for the title? You're like, Lesnar? <laughs> Goldberg? <laughs> oh, he picked Goldberg because he wants to go against Goldberg. He's always he wanted wants that match. Big men slapping meat. <laughs> but we'll never probably see that match now. Oh, I, hey, Big E's been in circulation. Um, recently. No, well, not because of Big E. Uh, Goldberg's not with WWE anymore, and all the rumors are he might be going back to Turner. Oh Turner soon. Well, hopefully Kenny Omega just beaters the absolute shit out of him and kills him. I, I, I not don't think they're gonna him, do that with them. <laughs> kills him in the wrestling sense, not as a person. I don't hate him that much. I just want to <laughs> see him get booed completely and be taken off guard by it. I, I think that would be hilarious. I, I hope um, that Tony realizes that his audience is going to turn on that so hard. You would think. Like, it's AW audiences, and, and look, I'm a Mark as well, so don't take this personally if you're just only an AEW fan. But it is very much like an indie startup niche internet community audience. And you have an Owen Hart tournament. People aren't gonna like Goldberg unless you have him come in there as a heel. It's that's gonna be if he wants to come in there and be Superman Goldberg, like fucking that thing's gonna get booed out of the building. If he comes in as a heel and then builds with Wardlow for the TNT title on TNT, their TNT show, and Wardlow's the good guy and gets to kill the the evil bad Goldberg at the end of his run, that might help him out. Um, I, I, I think people would love that, but I don't think that Goldberg wants to. Do, we talked about this on the last show, yeah. the show before last, but I don't think that he wants to do that because he sees his stature. He sees his stature above like Hulk Hogan when he talks about wrestling. I'm like, you fucking fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't want to go. Well, no, and, but that's what sucks is like, but... you would say without. Uh, we can put Austin at one, but when it comes to five biggest names out of the Attitude Era, WCW and WWE included, I would say it's probably going to be the people that are, were known the most. You got to take Hollywood, I think, out of it because. Oh, you're gonna take. I, I was gonna say Austin Hogan, Rock. I would say uh, Austin Hogan. I think, or if we take, I think we should take Hogan out of it. All right, fine, six. Hogan's on there fucking too. He has to be. You're right. But it would be the three from WWE to me is Rock, Stone Cold, and then Triple H. 
For WCW, it's Hogan, Sting, and Goldberg for biggest guys. I would almost, I would go opposite with you with WWE. I would say, you know, Austin, Rock, Mankind. Uh, do you really think that Mick was bigger all around than Triple H? Po- popularity, yeah. Well, it wasn't because Triple H was a heel, though. It's just because Triple H did, didn't really have, like, he never really had the, I, he's I, a great heel, like, but he never had the, it, like, charisma of being a heel or a babyface. Until he, when he came back from that surgery and won that Royal Rumble, I guess, but then they didn't, like, because they, WWE, going WWE. Uh, I don't know, when I think, when I think late 90s, early 2000s, especially when a part of the time The Rock was out and then another part of the time Austin was out, like, Triple H being the heel that everyone fucking hated, kind of like, like it's it's like with Mick Foley, it's like he he's kind of like DDP with me. Like they were definitely prime dudes in their thing, but I'm saying to the average fan that might not have watched it, do you think that they would know Mick Foley, Mankind over Triple H? Yeah, hell in a cell, dude. Hundred <laughs> percent. People know that that guy, that crazy guy, got threw off the cage more than Triple H. All right, well, either way, the thing that I was going for <laughs> but, to begin but, with was that yeah, right after Stone Cold, right, right, right after The Rock, from that era, I would probably put Goldberg as the most known person. Um, Sting. I, over Sting. I don't know about all that. Okay, this is going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> Popularity-wise, if you go to person to person in real life, I think they're going to know who Goldberg is over Sting. They don't know shit about wrestling. Maybe. But I, I would say, like, okay. Goldberg never really main evented. Sting and Flair did. I would I would admit, if I was going to do, like, a top-tier list of WCW, like, biggest names, it would be, like, Hogan, Flair, Sting. And I, I can you give good think, reasons of why. <laughs> do you ever think that sometimes your dislike of a person changes your perception a bit no goldberg would be my top he would be my top five of wcw guys i just wouldn't put him above stinger flair as importance of wcw like i wouldn't i'm talking about the, that that time period right then and there though where rick flair was doing weird promos you know and shooting with eric bischoff and shit i wasn't talking about of all time within wcw yeah but flair was a bigger draw than goldberg so it's kind of well, I, I guess I'm just... In that time period? Yes. Like, like ticket-wise, Flair's main events were bigger than Goldberg's. Minus the Georgia Dome title match with Hogan, which that just goes to... It's Hogan. So... Look yeah, it up, dude. I'm going to have to crazy. disagree with you on that. Okay, well... <laughs> but either way, I mean, you could rotate... I, I would not say he's bigger than Sting because Sting carried all of 97 WCW on his back being pro Sting and hanging from the rafters. Yeah, and then once he was beaten, it fucked it up completely for him until the Wolfpack came back. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just bad. That's bad booking, though. You can't do that about that. I'm just that saying each week, regardless if I didn't like Goldberg, he was bringing people in to see if he was going to fucking beat the next guy for a long. That was like after that died down. Yeah, but like, 
or yeah, this this deserves like an actual retrospective of Goldberg's career because I actually liked Goldberg as a kid when I was like a little kid, and I was like, oh, Goldberg, he's spearing disco. Everybody likes to see disco get speared to death, <laughs> please. Um, but in retrospect, like the overarching storyline of all of Goldberg's run was Sting and Hogan. It really had like Goldberg was just like the sprinkles on top of your Sunday. Kinda. Well, actually, I mean, by then it was more Piper and Hogan going forward. And then what did we have like the weird time period where DDP and Carl Malone and fucking Dennis Rodman and Goldberg. And I think Lena was in there. Yeah. It gets, it gets kind of weird because of, uh, because the Sting's thing is like a whole year. So they do like the NASCAR car of Sting to get him to come back to WCW or whatever. And then he shows up in the rafters and there's like a whole year where Sting is just in the rafters for a while. So yeah. And and then Goldberg was just racking up wins because he was like the U S champion for forever. Um, And then they just started inflating his wins. Like he wrestled like a hundred house shows in one year. Uh, which WCW, WCW going WCW. I was about to say the same thing. All right. Well, I think, <laughs> I think we pretty much went over all the big talking points for raw and SmackDown, unless you can think of anything else. Um, who, but, all right. Well, we're on the subject of Goldberg. If he is going to do the Wembley stadium, which is the big rumor, right? Who do you want to see him face? Is it sting? Is it the Stanger? Uh, I think for both of their, you know, more with Sting because he's just getting older. I don't, I don't know if. Uh, I think I'd rather put him in there with someone younger. Hey, why don't we let? <laughs> I don't know if Goldberg would go for this, but there's something fascinating about Orange Cassidy versus Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Cassidy hits him with a spear and gets the pin. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> um, I Goldberg could, uh, would never go for that. <laughs> no, I if they if they build up something soon, like I said, Wardlow is a good person if they want to go that way. I mean, if they're not doing anything with Punk and Jericho, Jericho and Goldberg have actually like legit bullshit from the past, so they could go into that. If you're going older, I would rather Jericho than Sting, basically, just based on. And Sting's been doing great. Don't get me wrong; they're just both old. I mean, I mean, I hate to say that. I'm just. Which one would be the most fluid match put together the best? Um, probably Jericho and Goldberg. And if it's a younger guy, I would go either Cassidy, just for the most ridiculous thing. He would have to lose, but Cass. But that that means that they probably have Goldberg pass that at Wembley. Or Wardlow, and Wardlow fucking beats him. Yeah. Trying to think of like what I would do. I would bring Goldberg in as a heel with MJF as like a a, a obstacle, and just have him kill everybody, and then and like maybe even murder Darby Allen to some extent until Sting is like. You know you fucked up because like we got Sting's last matches coming up, so if it's not going to be him, to come up, or, huh? I said it has to come up because, well, yeah, I mean it doesn't have to, but 
well, I mean, yeah, he can wrestle for forever as long as we care. I mean, but he said he was done after this year. So you would think the Wembley Stadium thing would be like him versus Goldberg. What are they going to do? Him versus Moxley? <laughs> you know, like, what are they going to do with Sting? Because we, like, they've moved Sting kind of away from this Pillars situation. So it, Goldberg versus Sting makes a lot of sense, I guess, if you if you want to do a Goldberg match. Um, I'm sure Sting is on the phone right now with Taker being like, so what should I do? And Taker's like, I don't know, just sell him and put him in the Stinger Deathlock, brother. <laughs> don't let him drop you on your head. It will be rest in peace. And if he does uh, drop you on your head, make sure you pick him up and drop him on his head harder. <laughs> Taker trying to kill that man. I I've never seen Taker botch a tombstone ever. So I'm pretty sure Taker tried to kill Goldberg. I'm still convinced of this. He's got kids, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, Goldberg tried to kill Taker first, so <laughs> And it was in Saudi, so no no court would have accused him of killing Goldberg. Uh I mean I was, there's <laughs> The thing about Sting and Goldberg is like, yeah, they're big pinnacles of WCW and they're big pillar, like pillars of that company and, and the huge importance of that company, but they never really feuded, you know? Yeah. Because Goldberg was the WCW guy. So maybe if he comes in as a heel, but does Gold like if I'm Goldberg, I, I want to be a heel everywhere. <laughs> like, look, I'm limited in what I can do in the ring. But if I just show up and my name is Goldberg and I just spear a bunch of people that I shouldn't spear, uh, <laughs> you know, like easy paycheck. But uh, I don't know. Every time he talks on an interview, he's like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better than ever. But he's like ultimate warrior, except like less homophobic. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I guess no one's, yeah, actually, no one's no one's actually asked him the right questions, I guess. Yep. It's uh, it's going to be interesting, man. I'm sure that if anything's going to be happening, we're going to be seeing it soon. But until then, let's talk a little bit more about AEW and talk about Dynamite from this last week. Um, what, what a show, by the way. Yeah, I thought it was a really good show. A lot happened storyline-wise. Um, but yeah, let's go over each segment. We started off right off the right off the press, just a you know nice in ring start with Ray Phoenix going against the Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Casanoli. Weird stipulation that if Ray won, he would get a chance to go for the Ring of Honor World Championship, uh, which is something that we've seen a lot in wrestling. The only difference is since Ray is part of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, uh, if Claudio won, which he does. Uh, within this match, him and someone else can challenge the Lucha Brothers for those titles. Uh, <laughs> let me just start off by saying that I think we know where this is obviously going, but for Ray to be like, yeah, it's got a little bit more time, man. As soon as I drop the Ring of Honor titles, I'm uh, taking a break. Uh, thought he would slow down a bit. Definitely does not. Uh, hasn't <laughs> since he made that decision and going into this match, there was a part in time where Claudio just has fun. I think he did this to him twice. But the second time he did to him, Ray just launches him into the fucking audience. And it, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, 10 feet. 
onto his ass. Like they beat the living hell out of each other. Um, and not only that, Ray kind of switching it a bit in this match to do less, uh, you know, I mean, he still did, but like more wrestling and stuff like that, since the fact is that he's kind of banged up pretty bad. So, uh, good fucking starting match, man. And now it looks like either Claudio and Wheeler Yuta or Claudio and Moxley, or maybe Claudio and Brian Danielson will be challenging for those tag titles at ring of honor. I don't know if it's on their show or an upcoming pay-per-view I'm not aware of, but I would assume they're probably going to win those from the Lucha brothers, but Ray Phoenix, man, I love how these guys are like, like Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, uh, Kota Bushi. I've heard Seth say it like, yep, kind of banged off, kind of banged up, need to take a uh, break. And it's like, well, since they have that window and that ending point, they're like, let's put as much mileage down from there until there, you know? <laughs> so, uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. With Ray Phoenix, I'm still surprised he's even able to wrestle again after I saw his arm. After that Lucha sword spot, Jesus Christ! So that was that was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in wrestling. You know what I'm talking about? Uh huh. Oh yeah. yeah the only gross. thing I think that might have been worse was the uh, uh, the, the one where Sid's leg. No, no. Recently, with um, Pentagon putting um, Feud Buddy through the tables, and he broke oh, his fucking arm in half. Three fucking tables. Oh god, that was terrible. They should have listened to Brian Alvarez. <laughs> he was like, "Or top flight man, they can't catch a break." This time it was Dante tragically fucking breaking his arm in half. Oh, yeah. they had an overhead shot of that that looks way worse than the close up. Was it? I mean, I can't believe that. Like, Ray Phoenix is just such a G that his arm doesn't break; it just bends around like Gumby, apparently. But like, I cannot believe yeah. that. Like that was insane to me when I saw that, and they're like, "Oh, he has a dislocated arm." I'm like, "How? How is that made to even have an arm after? That? If that happened to me, Dane, I'd be out here with <laughs> one arm." <laughs> it's not. He's not a normal human being, but uh, this is a fun match, man. Like, it's still weird seeing uh, <laughs> Claudio slash Cesaro in pants. I don't know that I'm gonna get used to that. <laughs> Um, outside of that, it was a good match. It's they're setting up for, um, I'm assuming that they're going to bully Phoenix for a while and Pentagon is going to show up very pissed and maybe we'll get a good version of Pentagon dark or dark Pentagon or black Pentagon anime version of Pentagon pissed off Pentagon. Penta Obscuro. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call him, the pissed off version of Pentagon. <laughs> His Austin, if you will. Yeah, why did they waste that? We were like, you should totally do that. You should totally do that. It was like a build up and build up and build up forever, and then he like feuded with like, can't remember like, and he ended up losing his first match. So I was like, I right, you wasted it. But hopefully they bring yeah, it back. Pentagon and, Dark was so cool. I want it back. Yeah, Pentagon Dark, like you know putting Moxley inside of a car inside of a, like a demolition area where they're squishing cars or something. That's, that's my Pentagon. <laughs> I seem like this is a prime example of where to, cause you know, you know, has Brian Danielson wrestled Pentagon? I don't think he has. 
You know he wants that match. <laughs> Phoenix is oh, great, yeah. but Pentagon and Brian Danielson they'll they'll tear it up. But uh, yeah, that's good. That's gonna be. I'm I'm going to assume it's gonna be Willie Yuta and um, Claudio, just because you have Brian Danielson and and Moxley tied up in other stuff that I think will last longer. Uh, here's the yep. real question: Does anyone give a shit about Willie Yuta? I'm sorry, Willier. I like you in Black Label Pro, but you were like I, I agree with you, man. You and Daniel you know what Garcia I thought was gonna happen? <laughs> don't fit these groups. I wish they would have done this at Ring of Honor. I thought that when Shibata beat him, I thought what they were gonna come out and act like they were gonna, you know, take Wheeler Yuta and put him up, and they're just gonna beat the shit out of him with Shibata and then get Shibata to replace him. But that didn't happen. Because he would have been perfect with the fucking four of those guys, or three of those guys. So I had a similar thought, but it was uh, with Hook and Willie. That's a good idea. So, like, you know, they're doing that that steel sharpens steel thing. Maybe they start putting Willie Yuta in matches until he gets to Hook, and Hook beats him. And then he's just part of, you know, uh, the heel team, and Taz can comment on it. You could do all that stuff, but that's... You know, it's kind of what I think. Hopefully, I hope this Hill group has a good run. I actually would like to see them do like a title collector thing and then like have Samoa Joe show up. That's just their worst nightmare. <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll get into that because there's a Tony's got an announcement. <laughs> you hear about this you've seen this tony tony has an announcement well we're not there yet technically because there was two big things tony had to talk to two people beforehand chris uh we went to renee and she was just talking and randomly miro went past her on his way to tony khan's office we haven't seen miro in months uh didn't even say a word to renee when she tried to talk to him uh and then the next time uh thunder rosa came over after Miro had left the office. And I, I don't know if Renee was like waiting for Miro and then I guess he already left, but uh, she was going in there to talk to Tony Khan as well. And, uh, you know, we can go right into the announcement itself. The announcement is that we'll have an announcement next week. So there you go. There's your announcement. Um. <laughs> Do you want to actually talk about the actual announcement or like Saturday show y'all? <laughs> It's called Collision Course. Yep. Yeah, so they're going to do a Saturday. We we already knew they were doing a Saturday show. We've talked about it on the show. Uh, it is a punk show. So the big announcement on said show, because Tony has another announcement after his announcement of this show, on that show, which is CM Punk is coming back in Chicago. It's done. The contract's done. It's from everything I've heard and seen and He's going to be there in Chicago. So, Chicago fans, yay. <laughs> don't care. God, I'm going to have to watch well, this guy talk about Chicago for 45 minutes. I am, and once we get more confirmation, obviously, we'll talk more about it. But that definitely seems to be the thing that's going to happen. The announcement next week will be that Collision Course show, Saturdays. And uh, maybe that's why Thunder Rosa is there all of a sudden. She also might want to leave uh, 
Dynamite and go chill on TNT, but TNT show. <laughs> she just want to see him Punk's girls, her followers. CM Punk's gonna have his own roster of just like I kind of hope it's the best wrestling I've ever seen, but inside of me I know it's gonna be terrible because like if all these people are just like siding with one person over the other, it's gonna be terrible. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, you mean both shows will suffer because of that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but either way. I have no idea what that means exactly, if that's true or not, with Thunder Rosa at least, or or Miro, who had problems or whatever. I hope it's not the Island of Misfit Toys is on TNT show. What I hope they end up having a show where there will be some crossover. I don't think there will be a definite roster, but you're going to see certain people that end up on those shows permanently that will probably stay on those shows permanently. Champion, the heavyweight champion will probably float but they'll kind of like try to make the TNT title kind of their title is what I'm assuming uh, for the collision show since that's on TNT. Um, But then with the tag belts, I guess that kind of floats back and forth, but you're going to see certain people on certain nights and that's how it's going to be. And pay-per-view will have more crossover appeal. Hopefully in the time period, I don't care if it's the bucks. I don't care whoever has their fucking feelings hurt, you know, can we just fucking get over some shit? Because this is kind of ridiculous. So we have to go to not two rosters, but kind of two rosters. Either way, this is really good for fucking AEW, though. Uh, you know, we have the upfronts coming up. We They're negotiating contracts. You know WWE is looking for whatever happens with AEW getting their new deal, if it's going to continue, which looks like it is with TNT, how much money they make, because their stuff's coming up soon, too. With the upfronts, if you guys don't know, that's a scheduling and programming for each network. TNT, with their negotiations, we're going to find out, kind of, with these shows, This everything looks good with AEW. You know, we are getting to a point where ratings aren't, they're still important, but they're not as important, unless a fan wants to try to make it important or less important, basically. But, um, And it's more about if collectively it's doing well for the network just in general. So TNT, I think is very happy. TBS, very happy. Warner is very happy with AEW. So no more YouTube shows. Those are going to go away. Rampage will be your one hour show on Fridays to kind of have, you know, a match for either of the other big shows, but you'll have your TNT Saturday show, your TBS dynamite. And that's it going forward. But yes, that's going to be the, the, the big announcement next week. So, did are you, you happy to like, see Miro and uh, Thunder Rosa back, though, Chris? I am, and I hope they do well. I I want to see Miro versus uh, Samoa Joe. That'd be great. Let's do that. Um, I know that's t- I guess that's technically Ring of Honor, but we're on a collision course, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus collision Christ. course. Uh, so Brian Alvarez gave us predictions of what this announcement is going to be, which is obviously the new show and the, the, the re-up of the contract. And he was saying like three years, like 350, 400 million. If it's four years, 400, 450 million, which is, I would think that's less than what AEW would like expect money wise, but who knows? I mean, that's a lot of money for a TV deal. 
but then you have to space it out. We've done the math before of how much each of these shows cost because it's like $100,000 a show or whatever. You get paid back from the network. Or it kind of cuts into your budget. Um, it's weird that they're going to do more programming for kind of what I would consider kind of the same money. And there's no, we still don't have a streaming announcement. And the other thing you went into is like, um, uh, Alver, and this is all Brian Alvarez, and it's just predictions, it's not facts or whatever. But one thing he talked about is like when WWE Network switched to Peacock, the search feature and like the timeline features and the way you look at wrestling sucks, which it still does. We just did this with the, the uh, Brett and Austin match. Uh, it's a fucking they, joke. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fucking terrible. Uh, so he's like, maybe they're gonna try to figure that out first before they upload like a ton of wrestling content. I think if Ring of Honor gets on like Max, because it's not HBO Max anymore, it's just Max, right, or whatever. Um, I think if they can get all the content on there with all the past pay-per-views of AEW and all the, if they can get everything together in one location, uh, they can move forward. But if I'm AEW, I don't necessarily know that I want to lose that 60, you know, six, you know, they're doing like two, like almost 200,000 people buying their pay-per-view. I don't know that I want to lose that profit. Like do like a seven day delay on your pay-per-views or whatever, and then post them to your site. Like it's kind of a weird thing that WWE did that. Um, but when they did it, it was like, what, 2013, when, when WWE network came out, like 2014 or something, they were kind of on like a weird cutting edge of doing streaming shit. Like WWE network should get some credit <laughs> for what it was. And, and how it kind of came to be. And it was a little ahead of the curve of uh, like sports and entertainment in general, as far as streaming goes. Well, the crazy thing about that, Chris, I'm sure you know this, there's video of him talking about it, but Vince in the early two thousands was talking about with the internet going the way it is. Hopefully eventually there could be a place where I could I don't know, somehow have everything available at once, basically. He was basically talking about the network 15 years beforehand. Say what you want about Vince when it comes to innovation or understanding the direction. He was good up until he got into his, what what the fuck is he, like 70s, basically? Of understanding the flow of things, technology, stuff like that. Run the business aspects, leave the book. Pay per view, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, he was wrong about the pay per view aspect. I think they could have made like mass, mass, mass amounts of money by not including pay per views in their network su- subscription model. But you know, well, I'm talking about at the beginning. I mean, it was Crockett with Starcade, but. They kind of got wishy-washy, but Vince really went full into pay-per-view, which ended up being the model to go shortly after that. Oh, okay. I got you. We're talking about two different things. I was I was saying, yeah. like, he probably could have made more money, like, leaving the pay-per-views off the WWE Network when it launched. Yeah, you know. But I get why. I got to say, 
I, I have to say, if HBO Max becomes the home, and this is kind of just rumored, no one knows. It, I mean, you got to think if Warner Brothers two programs, TBS and TNT, re up on these, that would be a good home. Like Chris said, for their content, for Ring of Honor's content, or Ring of Honor's show as kind of an exclusive show. But I agree with you, Chris, and I could see that maybe if you're a member on there and you have HBO Max, you pay less for the pay-per-views. But I think I would keep pay-per-view prices kind of the way they are um, if I'm smart about it. Or your major pay-per-views, because they do like what big four, they do four big ones, right? So give two for free and then two paid, right? Or something. WWE made the mistake of doing that, and it worked out for them. Uh, It did work out for them, but I don't know if it's going to work out for AW, you know? That's kind of a, because they're making a lot of money on pay-per-view. Yeah, and it seems like, is that game ever going to come out, by the way, or is that just like a pipe dream <laughs> at this point? You know what some of the problems are with it? Kenny Omega doesn't want to be – CM Punk doesn't want to be on the cover of it. I, I have no idea. No, they've, they've taken such a long time getting it developed that their roster has dramatically changed from the first part of it to the second. So they've had to like – you know, the original version had Cody in it, had uh, people that are not part of the fucking company now. And so, and their roster has changed so much, they've had to make more people and get rid of more people because it's taken so long to fucking develop. What the fuck? It's it's like the dumbest argument ever, though, because like internet is just gonna it, as long as you have a good creator wrestler, it doesn't matter. And Super Fire Pro, even back in Super Nintendo days, was that like here, like you yep. can like you can look. This guy's clearly hulk hogan but he's not hulk hogan so you can change his name to hulk hogan couple moves he's hulk hogan or whatever you know like that's it's such a lame ass even the early aki games which is what they're going for they would like put in generic wrestlers like gen- generic created wrestlers on a co- uh, like custom roster there were versions of that wrestler you know without getting sued so I don't like I I don't buy that as an excuse because rosters are always going to change, man. Like Madden doesn't stop. Like you know, like, could you imagine if like Madden was like, well, I don't know, there was a lot of roster changes, so we can't do a game this year. Could you imagine? Dude, <laughs> it, this happens to WWE 2K every year where they release it and they have the prior you know group. And somehow, like, within that time period of them developing and finishing it, someone became really red hot. And, like, they didn't have The Fiend in the year that The Fiend was so popular. And people were pissed, but they were like, well, there was no fucking Fiend when we were developing it. Like, what do you want us to do? So I don't know what's going on with AEW. That thing is a shit show, and I know developers have left, um, including, I think, the original guy that they get to bring in that – was the guy that that developed back in the day No Mercy and uh and that other big one that everyone loved? Uh, uh, yeah, the Aki game. I can't think of his name. Yeah, it's it's a WCW versus NWO, WCW Revenge. Um, what was the, uh, the just like thousand? Wasn't Fire Pro obviously, but it was one of another one of those type of Japanese ones that had a bunch of random made up people on it. Doesn't matter. Um, 
I mean, it really yeah. doesn't matter if he can. If, if, see, I think everyone gives WWE like I don't. I mean, people bitch about the rosters, but they bitch about other parts of the game way more, right? So just yeah. make a good game and have online creation. That's it. That's all you need to do. Because like you're gonna make every character. Like every AEW roster member is in the WWE game. <laughs> no kidding. I mean? Like, if you if you want to be Hangman Page versus Seth Rollins, you can do that right now. <laughs> like, yeah, they even added in the Buckshot Lariat. I wonder why. <laughs> so now you can do it in the game. And let me just say, I have uh, played as something that looks exactly like Hangman Page. <laughs> Smells like a duck. Floats like a duck. Looks like a duck. I got a goose. No, I mean that kind of sucks oh, yeah. for the wrestlers because they're not getting royalties off of it, and that 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 well, may be like what the problem is is like how do you pay out royalties and um because I mean wrestlers do get a cut of like uh, merchandise and video game sales etc. Uh, for like oh yes, yeah. but at the at the same time this game has been in development for like seven years and you're telling me it's based on a Nintendo sixty four game. So, <sighs> yep. So basically, I hit A and then I hit another button and I do a move. This should not be, uh, I don't know, Super Fire Pro cranks out wrestling games all the time. It's not. I was going to say, you know, Ukes left 2K, the main developers from that original platform that did all the SmackDowns, and now they're having problems over on the other end with AEW with this game. And the game without that team, WWE 2K23, is one of the best wrestling games I've ever played in my life. So, I don't know. Unless I can play as Armed Anderson in story mode, at this point the game has taken way too fucking long. This game has taken longer than Diablo 4. (laughs) I hope you can play as Armed Anderson. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying, though? Like, it's a fucking sports video game. At the end of the day, like, you're using another engine. You're like, this is the engine we want to use to make it feel like this game. That should be super easy. Like, as a developer, this is fucking baffling. This game has taken so long to come out. <laughs> like, Maybe they should use the same AI that uh, is replacing vocals for people. <laughs> I mean, they should. <laughs> 2K basically was like, oh, you guys want more arcade feel? Got it. And they just did it with the the new WWE game. They're like, "Hey, look, we gave you the controls. Oh, we're gonna you put war games into this. <laughs> yeah. Controls are easier, but <laughs> it's also if you got used to the older older controls, you can still play it. Um, also, a roster ridiculous. A hundred creator wrestlers to be. You can you can have up to a hundred fucking people. I'm making yes. a roster of wrestlers where I'm trying to get people that that are like. Before 1955, and I found the French Angel, Maurice Toulet. I found Gorgeous George. I found fucking Jim Londis. I found, you know, I mean, this, this game's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And I, I haven't even tried GM mode yet. I haven't even tried it yet. And that's the, that's the craziest part is, like, what they were originally trying to accomplish, what, two years ago at this point, was achievable. But then 2K is like, oh, we can make arcade controls. We can make it feel like that. If that's what people want, we can do it. And they did. And they're like, also, like, let's add a bunch of other shit. <laughs> like, 
good luck AEW with your wrestling game. <laughs> I'm just not yeah, being a dick, unfortunately. but that's, that's just like a, hopefully it's good. <laughs> you know, like hopefully I hope that with Kenny Omega's involvement, there's like a weird ass like RPG story mode element of it that's very different from the other games. Because otherwise, it's just a fucking wrestling game, and people just want to beat the shit out of each other. You, you guys are like if you if you literally wanted to make it feel like an N64 game, <laughs> like the engine is already there. You don't even have that's not even development at some point. That's open source. You can just grab it and do that. And I'm like, all right, feels exactly like that. So it's just kind of dumb that it's taken this long. And I'm not even getting into like, uh, well, we want blood in our game and like ass and titties. Oh, and, and the whatever. amount of blood that they want in the game, too. I mean, well, I, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that's taken a long time, though, Chris, is they wanted all these weapons they're doing. Um, thumbtacks for the first time. So they want the thumbtacks to stick into people and then bleed a little bit and then, you know, get pushed around. Like, that's that seems like it would be a pain in the ass, but, like, if it's not working, try to develop for the next one. That's what people do. They'll put out a game and they'll be like, all right, we got this track. Let's see if we can get it done by the next one instead of waiting two and a half so, years. So I don't know if you ever played these games, but there's a... Um a solo developer named M Dickey out there in the world. And he would, he would take the Aki engine, the N64 like control engine of like NWO versus uh, WCW. And he would just customize rosters. And he added all this crazy shit in. Like you can shoot somebody in the game. Like it's crazy. <laughs> you can download that for free on PC. <laughs> so, if that's going to be their game, like there needs to be more substance to it other than it's just a W roster. Cause like we were just talking about, it was like, well, you know, WWE doesn't stop you from making custom wrestlers. I nope. definitely hit you with a hundred RKOs by Barack Obama. WWE. So if, if you want to try that, <laughs> yeah, should be good. So, I don't know. Hopefully it's good. I hope it's a good game. I hope it feels really good. Um, with Kenny Omega, like liking fighting games, I'm, I hope that was the attention to detail is like how fluid it feels. Not necessarily the rest of the stuff, but like, like I said, like 2K was like, okay, you guys want this. And then they gave us that. So like the new controls of that is the very much the arcadey type feel of like a SmackDown 2 or one of the Aki games. It's they dialed it way well, back from that simulation style of wrestling that they were doing beforehand. Well, also here's the thing. It's like is Kenny Omega, I guess you could say, a good executive producer. That's what I would equivalent it if you look at music. Um, or is the one that tells everyone, hey, this this is how we should do it. And then a lot of people are like, well, fuck, how the hell do we do this? Or does he know what he's doing, basically? You know, uh, because what capabilities or credentials does Kenny have in the world of video game making, not being a big fan of it or competitive video games? 
I mean, like, knowing I, I, I don't what, know if he's P. Diddying the shit, if you understand what I'm saying. Well, I mean, to P. Diddy the shit, if you know what a good song sounds like, you know what a good song sounds like, right? Like, he knows what a good wrestling game feels like, and as a fan of fighting games and stuff, he knows fluid controls. So, like, I'm not going to shit on, like, Kitty Omega being... I mean, he's like a big guy in the video game uh, world, especially as a wrestler. Like, probably him and... Uh, I guess he didn't he didn't he didn't realize that Xavier Woods would be such a big part of 2K, so that sucks. But <laughs> both those guys are huge gamers, and um, hopefully they come out with something unique, man. Like I I would like to think that Kenny Omega would do something like Super Fire does, with there be a player where there's a huge story mode and a huge maybe that's what they're doing. What I wouldn't have done as AEW is talk about what we were going to do is the video game. <laughs> um, because basically what they did was like, yo, everybody hates the simulation bullshit. And that's why people don't buy wrestling games, like at least casual people. Um, so like make it more arcadey feeling. And two is like, all right, thank you for the good idea. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> and just made that wrestling game essentially. So that sucks. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to try to develop what they're trying to develop. <laughs> Yeah, except for 2K is a huge ass studio. <laughs> so it's Sega. Sega. <laughs> so yeah, they they, they lost Ukes and they were like, I think we can still do it. It'll be fine. Yeah, you know the biggest basketball game of all time is made by Sega. So yep, I think we're gonna be all right, guys. <laughs> Sonic and LeBron. <laughs> That's all you need. They're like, well, we all got right. hockey. They're like, we don't care. <laughs> so I hope the game is really good, but there, that there is, if it's an exploding death match, is like the caveat to get me to play that game. That's not gonna do it. <laughs> it's gonna have to. Hopefully, whatever they were in the like the gym spending time on, like the gameplay or whatever, like if it's more combat feeling, which. I hopefully they didn't get it too much up their own ass with like doing like fight game combos. As long as it feels fluid and feels better, maybe. But I thought AEW was a good. The AEW game was a good uh, way to get casual fans back into wrestling games. And what I've seen of it, it doesn't really seem like that. It seems like they actually are just doing what 2K is doing, but like on a lower budget and kind of shittier. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll find out, I guess, sometime soon. Maybe we've said that a lot um, in the past, uh, stretching for a while now. But you know, whatever. Uh, back on to AEW with Dynamite and what was going on with the show. We had a promo uh, of FTR, the tag team champions, coming out to the ring to address the audience, and were immediately interrupted by the wonderful group of. Well, I said Zippy the Pinhead, but uh, Saddam Singh, um, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and that pesky, annoying, what the hell's his name? Why is this listed up right here? San- Sanjay. Um, Sanjay. Sanjay Dutt. Dutt. Yeah. Which, um, start going back and forth with FTR about a match coming up over at their pay-per-view of Double or Nothing, and it interrupted by who's been trying to 
I guess be be the peacekeeper between the two groups, even though it definitely seems and Dex says that he would do the match if they would admit that they're just using Mark Briscoe. Uh, Mark comes out and says that he's going to be the special referee in this match, and Tony Khan is putting this match on double or nothing. Uh, at first, uh, you know, everything seems cool. They go to do a tequila shot that's proposed by Mark, and when they go to take the shot, um, you know, Sanjay spits his uh, right in, uh, you know, Dax Harwood's face. Cash goes after him. They're beating Cash down. Mark's trying to get him off of him. And Dax Harwood can't see and bumps into Mark Briscoe and nails him right in the face. And that is how we left this. I don't know. I like all these guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, they just put all of our, like, some of our favorite wrestlers in a group. <laughs> like, you guys go do stuff. <laughs> kind of. it's well, weird. it's just like, is this doing anything for anyone, though? technically and i don't know i just i keep on going back to jay and and i look i like jeff jarrett i like sanjay dutt saddam sings a giant version of sanjay dutt most of the times um i don't know if this is really working for anyone and mainly and i've heard a lot of people say this i like i like what they set up don't get me wrong this is going to be good for double or nothing mark being the referee is this not helping Mark Briscoe, just him being involved with this long storyline, because like us, like many have said, when you got opponents potentially for MJF, and I've, I've said at length that I think this should just be Darby Allen going for MJF. The two people that we picked though, or a lot of people have said were Mark Briscoe and Darby Allen. And I don't know. This is kind of just comedy. The farm shit last week was hilarious, but same time is this going to make mark look better at the end of this is going to make ftr look better at the end of this is going to make jay or even jeff jarrett look better at the end of this i don't know but i do like all these guys and i think this was a good piece of business for the storyline but i don't know if you feel the same way chris what do you think Storyline wise, I think it's great. Like Jeff Jarrett and jay lethal versus ftr which is i'm assuming is what's going to be the uh the actual match that's going to be some good punches yeah. <laughs> it's, two, it's 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 the two of them going against each other at double or nothing with mark briscoe as the special guest referee so mark's just gonna let jeff jarrett hit everybody with guitars because he doesn't give a shit um as far as mark briscoe goes maybe he doesn't maybe he didn't want to get pushed that hard you know like guys probably going through a lot so take that i have to take that into account um and maybe he just is like a ring of honor loyalist you know like he, I, I was here this is the brand that brought me here this is the brand i'm going to stay with which we've always said that about the briscoes to some extent because they've had opportunities to go other places and they have to some extent but no they always come back home to ring of honor so maybe uh maybe that's part of it i don't know but um should be fun It'd be really fun to watch Mark Briscoe let Jeff Jarrett just absolutely blast somebody with a guitar in front of him. And then Mark's like, that's legal. (laughs) That's the, that's the thing. Are we going to get like the, uh, the Briscoe farm rules? 
with Mark as a ref, or is he going to straight lace Ken Shamrock this thing? Why isn't this match at a farm? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the next one will be, but I mean, like if you're going to give FTR two opponents, like <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, you could do way worse. <laughs> like that should be a good ass match. I mean, Jay's going to do a lot of the work because Jeff's old, but this is going to be some good ass punches in this match. <laughs> so yes, if, you're into, if, you're into work, if you're into work punches, these guys, they meet throwing. <laughs> um, I'm excited about this. I, I've liked all of this. I like the weird fucking, like, I hope that like Mark turns on them and joins this like weird honky talk <laughs> revival group that Jeff Jarrett's got going on. It's kind of fun. Like, I, there's not enough fun stuff in wrestling. <laughs> this is fun. Like the the idea of Sanjay overalls is super fun to me. I was like, that's kind of like him sing. <laughs> yeah, Saddam Singh and Sanjay just out there, and Mark just gives him his baby. <laughs> it's just it's fucking great. Maybe maybe Mark just hits, you know, the end shot is like he he hits Dax with a fucking guitar. He's like, you never once helped me on the farm. And Jared gets the pin. That's definitely a, a double J finish right there. Um, I'm I excited hope about this. To this show. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Jared's like, don't worry, I already booked it, baby. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, but, but it should be I, fun. Yeah, I love everything about it. It's it's stupid fun. I mean, like, you know, what we really want is FTR versus uh, the Bucks or the uh, Looser Brothers or, you know, Pride and Powerful. But we're not getting that because fucking three three men titles or whatever the fuck they got going on. They, how did they fuck up such a great tag division day? That's the real question of AEW. I don't know. How do you take the best tag division <laughs> in the world? In fucking I hope into oblivion. <laughs> I hope it's Bucks and FTR at, at Wembley. I really do. And apparently we're still getting Forbidden Door, so if that's happening, um, God, can we get Gorillas of Destiny against FTR? God, I mean, FTR. I mean, maybe. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know uh, if uh, what's his name's healed though. But if he is healed up by then, um, Tongalo. I don't know if he's healed up, but just saying. Yeah, like. And the only breath of fresh air, well, actually, besides Jared and Lethal being a weird tag team, the only breath of fresh air to that tag division in a while, because they did that three man, everybody kept getting hurt or whatever, is uh, Ozzy Open. So I would hope Ozzy Open shows up and just fucking wins it, honestly. Yep. That tag division is like on par with, and like, look, Tony, if you're listening to this show, I, I say this with all due respect. And Bucks, you as well. Y'all fucked up your own tag division. You're on the same level as WWE now. <laughs> yeah, how, how the hell do you have FTR finally get the belts back and it just doesn't... I don't even care. And I really don't care about the triple ones, but we'll talk about that match. Even though it was a good match, I just I mean, don't really even, care about the division itself. I mean, even leading into FTR and the Briscoes 1 and 2, that tag division was already kind of faltering like they went away like everything aw said they were going to be they ended up switching from to be like mini wcw wwe does that make sense 
like all of the things that we were excited about yep. when they first launched the company, they've went against. It doesn't make it a bad show. It just all of the things that were cool, they stopped doing. <laughs> I agree. Or or they've at least changed drastically. Um, speaking about WWE and WCW, Chris Jericho was backstage talking to Renee uh, and said that Adam Cole is banned from the building as long as he's in attendance, which is so chicken shit. But like, really, you're, I mean, I hate I, this is where it goes to visual. Like. Adam Cole. Bit smaller than Jericho. What is he really scared for his fucking life from him because he attacked him while he was at a desk? Whatever. Either way, Roger Strong interrupts. And challenges the Oso to a Ocho to a false count anywhere match um, next week. And Jericho said, fine, but you know, everyone Adam Cole is banned and you're not gonna have anyone as backup. And he already went ahead and asked Tony about this, and Roderick got the Appreciation Society banned. Uh, so it's gonna be the two of them. That should be a fun match. Um can we just what what, what is Bobby Fish doing? I know Kyle. Kyle's like still trying to get cleared, and I know Bobby just left MLW and is just doing independence. But uh, just saying, can we get the band back together, please? I don't Talk know about if a it's fucking group. I don't. I don't know if it's good for Adam Cole to have the band slowly get back together, or if they could have done way more with his character. <laughs> like, it's kind of a weird. Well, one. the thing with Adam. Him coming back from this, you know, injury, me watching the doc, the uh, docu-series, um, I don't know if it's going to be very hard for him to become a heel because the reception that he got when he came back, it's like, I don't know. I, I guess it, now that he gets to come back to wrestling, he just doesn't want to be against the audience, if that makes sense. So. But so, man, I, I would I would way rather a ruthless heel version like Bobby comes back, Kyle comes back and they just start fucking taking people out just like the Undisputed Era did in NXT and just. Yeah, that, that's what that's what I really want. Honestly, I want heel Adam Cole and the rest of the UE. <laughs> yeah, they should immediately put him against MJF, honestly. Um because Jericho's not really a heel. People still love Jericho. They sing to his song. He's funny. It's Jericho's not like MJF is a heel ass heel now. Um, that would be the guy, I guess. This this is the <laughs> God damn it. Uh, this is that this is where you get with Shades of Grey, where no one's really anything, so storylines don't actually fucking matter. Yeah. It, it, like, get at me at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. Top five baby faces, top five heels, AEW. See, can I do it off the top of my head? Hard because there are so many shades of gray. Um, doing baby face, uh, two of them, we kind of talked about them earlier. Mark Briscoe, definitely straight baby face, Darby Allen, definitely a straight baby face. MJF definitely a straight heel. Is he? Christian definitely a straight heel. <laughs> Christian, okay. Well, the way he, people liked MJF, but he he made them think he was going babyface, and then turned on them and 
Bill talks down to the audience. Not like he's like, you know, <laughs> he's going for the hugs. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... he's pretty heel. I think he's. Um, I can't like. There's not that many, man. It's so shades of great. Like, look at is the, is the Blackpool Combat Club? Are they? Heels? I mean, I would think so, but they kind of still act babyface. Oh, They're just badasses. Let, let's get into Brian this. Danielson's a heel, but John Moxley acts babyface. But yeah, like, is that group actually heel? <laughs> we just like to wrestle people to wrestle people so that they get better at wrestling. Is that like a heel? We're trying thing? to be the the. <laughs> we're trying to be like the modern Billy Robinson concept. We're like the Heart Foundation, except we suck. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. That that is that is a good point. There's not a really a lot of definitive either way. Um, At least in WWE, you like you know, Miz is a dick, <laughs> Corbin's a dick. <laughs> like, I'm not. Oh yeah, Austin Theory is definitely a heel. <laughs> a dick. Um, <laughs> Roman's a heel. He's not trying to be a good guy at all anymore. He's trying to murder um, everyone's families. <laughs> yeah, and the baby faces are definitely the baby faces. You're right, though. That is, I know they always talked about like, well, it doesn't really matter. It's like, no, it does. Definitely does to have. You can be a tweener. Don't get me wrong, but everyone is. Come on. Well, then what the fuck's the stakes? You Nothing. Know? No one cares. Like, but, I honestly don't care if, like, you have Darby and Jungle Jack Perry and Sammy Guevara in a match because they fucking, I mean, I care more for Darby because he's the, honestly, the only baby face. He's the only one that really hasn't ever turned his back. Hopefully he fucking drops from the sky at this pay-per-view because, like, he is really oh. the only sting of that goddamn company. I got another baby face, though. Orange Cassidy. He's definitely a very lazy baby face. He is, and he's great at what he does. But he's Orange Cassidy. He stays in his pocket. He, <laughs> you know Joe's he a heel. Oh, you know what? You know what's weird about the fact that Joe, Jeff Jarrett, and Christian are such good heels is that they're all old school. Yeah, they man, wouldn't want to be a you could switch. You could switch either one of them on a dime, and they'd be like, okay, I'm baby face now. Like Jeff Jarrett showed up, and he was like, yeah. I'm tired of your shit, MJF, running your goddamn mouth or whatever, and he hits him with a guitar. You're like, all right, I guess Jeff Jarrett's babyface now. <laughs> like, yep. uh, it's there's not enough like I get it. People like that in between, and AEW is just a different show. But like you know, as someone that grew up watching wrestling when there was like definitely like you know who's a bad guy, Vince McMahon, <laughs> right? Like, yep. Growing up watching that and then watching like. Well, I mean, maybe they're a bad guy. It depends on if you consider them a bad guy. Maybe Joker and Batman are the same person kind of shit. I hate it, dude. <laughs> like, and, and AEW, well, maybe Joker is just Batman. Maybe it's like, like fucking, like, no. <laughs> Joker's a bad guy. Batman's a good guy. God damn it. John Wayne's a goddamn yeah. legend. It's like, I need good guy and bad guy. I don't, I, I get the shades of gray. The thing about tweeners, the term tweener shows up because, like, back in the day when they didn't know what, how to book you, they would book you as, like, a tweener, which basically meant you were going to lose to a good guy or a bad guy. 
Like, that's what that term means. <laughs> so, like, being a tweener is not a good thing or should not be a good thing in wrestling. <laughs> that just means they don't know how to put you over or under. You're just kind of there. It's, you know, I mean, it really, it kind of goes back. It's because of everyone, including our, you know, our generation. Like, we watch two guys that a lot of people consider tweeners. And, they, and I mean, they pretty much were. They had, you had Austin and you had The Rock. But they are more anti-heroes. I don't think people understand really what a tweener is. But because of the yeah, fact an- that they blurred the lines so but yeah, the, like you, because they blurred the lines so much of Austin and, and and the Rock, it's like perceived that you can do both sides, and you know, like that's a normal thing now, where it shouldn't be. Like a tw- like a classic tweener would be like Benoit before he won the title, before they turned him into a baby. That like that's a classic tweener. We don't know what to do with this guy. That the like that is the like when you pick tweener they immediately morph your face into Chris Benoit, right? It's because you you don't really have a personality. You're good in the ring. We don't know. Like Dolph Ziggler is a tweener. <laughs> yeah, like he's a good example. Like we don't know what to do with you, so you're just like you're gonna lose to the heels. And you're gonna lose to the baby faces, but like it's not gonna matter for you. <laughs> That's a tweener. I hate I hate that fucking term, but. Uh, A.W., like that shade, like in that's I guess it's a Russo term, the shades of gray. Of, but it's not really that. Like when you think of the big stars, like you, you named Austin and Rock, they're they're very much that rock and roll DC comics of like Batman and Superman where they become badasses. Right. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, but they're like our heroes. Right. Like they're doing kind of fucked up shit right now. But like for the good of the people. <laughs> kind of like you, you know austin like saying fuck my boss or whatever like a lot of people felt that it's dusty roads same thing it's like everyone wants to be that that's a hero regardless of how you look at it. like john wayne is uh rooster Colburn and fucking uh true grit like he's a grumpy old at, like in fact he is the biggest heel of all time like he doesn't even want to take this girl to find whatever the fuck she was looking for or whatever but he does it and you end up loving him because he's he is the hero of that film i don't think people understand what like a tweener is literally someone that just doesn't give a shit about anything which is actually orange Cassidy, even though he's a baby face <laughs> yeah that's very true I don't know, but too many people, I think, trying to blur the lines, and that's that's what we're just mainly saying. But uh, speaking about Orange Cassidy, really good match with Daniel Garcia. Um, I want to say that, like, Daniel, attitude-wise, commentary was great in this match, by the way, but, like, really good in this match because Daniel was kind of like, he would out wrestle Orange Cassidy or he'd get him to the floor and then he'd start like, you know, mimicking him and just putting it in his face. Really good heel work. But uh, Orange Cassidy would end up winning. Um, and he's still going on his champ. So there you go. Do you think they missed the boat with Daniel Garcia? Um, By not having him turn on Jericho with William Regal yeah, still there. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. That could have been I something. I don't know how much is uh, 
because I heard his like interviews and stuff at Black Label Pro, and they even did some stuff in Ring of Honor with him. Yeah, that paper with him and Willie Yuta, they had that whole back and forth segment. I was like, this guy's not that intriguing. But if if if, if him and Willie Willer would have switched sides after he won, and they did that whole thing with uh, Brian Danielson, like maybe that would have made more sense. I guess for him is launching a star. I think he's a I think he's a great wrestler, but it's. Uh, I don't know. I what, what would you do with him? Even if, like, if he holds, even if he, let's say that he goes on a huge run, like, what would you do to push Daniel Garcia as a champion? Um, I would not. Honestly, I would put him where I thought he was going to go before he was, you know, called a sports entertainer and put in this group. Um. I would have his outing with Jericho and that group, and I would put him as the do- one of the dominant guys, the in a lot of ways maybe the new uh, American Dragon uh, within Ring of Honor, and have him shoot up for the world championship there, and have him kind of dominate because he came into wrestling, um, and I know Jericho's trying to get his strong, like he's already a great wrestler, he's already great in the ring, technical wise. He is that style of Ring of Honor wrestling. Well, let's try to give him more personality. And I know that's Jericho. And then, like I said, in this match, his heel work, not anything of him working in the ring uh, with physicality, but like, you know, his his mocking and he's becoming a better heel. He still doesn't have a lot for me when it comes to overall charisma. And I, I still think that he could have been that, I guess you could say, Danielson-esque person uh, in this new iteration of Ring of Honor. And that's what he should be doing, honestly, based on his skills. Because um, I don't know if he's going to be the overall package. You know, and he doesn't really necessarily have to be, but that's where he should be to me. And that's not saying he's not good enough for AEW. I, I want to definitely say that. I mean, I think he's good enough wherever he goes to work. It just, like, they had a chance to make him a top star, and I feel like they fucking missed it and i don't know if he'll ever get there again you know what i mean like they could have like he could have easily came into blackpool combat club that would was before the first ring of honor pay-per-view they could have done the instead of having claudio win the title they could have had him win the ring of honor title like there was a way to elevate him to a different level where people would have really respected him um instead they did what they did so it's whatever well, see to me, and like uh, this, even though this is gonna kind of, um, he's kind of been the same as Willer Yuta for me for a long time. Like good entering technician, kind of lacks charisma. Um, good for the future. I don't think they should concentrate so much on them as compared to others that bring it to the table now. So I think he, to me, is is a lot in that same viewpoint. Um, I would rather see hook a lot more than fucking Daniel Garcia and Willer Yuta, Honestly. Yeah. It's better to look and I, he does interesting things in the ring. It's just different. Yeah. Um, but if you go back to that pivotal point, if they would have switched Willer Yuta and Daniel Garcia, where they switch sides, that could have been great for both of them. I, I still, to this day, I don't understand why they didn't do that. I don't know. But whatever. I mean, they're both where they're at. They're good 
mid card AEW wrestlers? Well, just let's say that when we talk about heat and someone that understands how to direct that said concept, we already mentioned him earlier, but Christian Cage had a promo after this with Tony Schiavone and his new monster. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on with Luchasaurus. I love how befuddled he looked when Christian announced that he was going to be going against Wardlow and not Luchasaurus and kind of even in the background for this. But let me just state some of the things that uh, Christian said. He mentioned Jungle Saurus. He said, what's up with wrestlers in AEW having daddy issues? He goes to Wardlow, your father wasn't famous. Nobody cares. So stop whining about it. Uh, he then accused Arn Anderson of tossing his real son Brock aside and hitching his wagon to the war dog. He said, if you're Ric Flair's lapdog for years and years, I guess that makes you a legend. Um, what are you going to do when you realize your legend was never as good as me? So there you go. Um, well, fuck Christian, man. No one. And by the way, during this, I was able to recite it. Boo! Like, I mean, it was a combination, because Christian has always garnished this. It's a, it's, it's a combination of, we fucking hate you because you're good at being a douchebag, and also, go away, and also, every form of heat, he gets amplified, can barely talk at all, still gets everything out, looks so fucking just sinister doing it. I, I'm interested. This is very interesting. And I can't wait to see what Arn Anderson and Wardlow have to say about Christian next week. And if Arn Anderson's able to get his hands on him. But uh, what did you think about this, Chris? Is Christian one of the best promos of all time? Because Definitely it, one of the best heel promos of all time, man. He just digs and digs. I'm going to start tweeting him like 90210 references just to have it in his back pocket in case he needs to pull them out. Um. <laughs> I'm going to explode your boat. <laughs> My dad didn't die in an explosion like your dad's dad or something. <laughs> Christian's just so, man, he's just, he's so good. It's, you know, like looking back on Tony Khan's big announcement of like bringing Christian, uh, minus Christian got hurt and that sucked. But like Christians had, in comparison to Edge, because they're always going to be compared together, right? Christian's a way better wrestler than Edge. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm about it, about that life. Like Edge is the rated R superstar. I get it, and he's fun. He you know, came out to Rob Zombie and shit. But, like, as far as, like, an actual wrestler, rest, wrestling-ass wrestler, like, an NWA heel wrestler, Christian's way better. <laughs> it's the body of work, the in-ring work, it's it's just better. I'll take your word for that, because I don't have enough to go back to really make a definitive uh, choice on that. But I will say Detroit, definitely we're saying... Screaming edges better throughout the course of that thing, so they're always going to be associated with each other. It seems. Yeah, but, uh, Christian they're... definitely one of the best heel. Um, he's one of the best heels in the business, man. I mean, they're fucking wrong. Have they watched Edge's past few matches versus Christian's past few matches? Uh, they're just—it's okay to be wrong, Detroit. That's why your water's dirty. <laughs> 
What happened? When did Edge punch you in the kneecap? Because he's your I new. Like, I, I like don't Edge. like him anymore. No, I like Edge. You you've been on this. You've been on this for a couple months. You've been haterade on Edge for a while. Because he's been terrible. <laughs> That's not his matches with Seth Rollins were awesome. His three way at WrestleMania was great. He's on the last fucking tail, and you think I want to have a car with a dude inside of it telling me how terrible he is? Before he fucking retires. <laughs> well, you know, have another good match. <laughs> I don't know what to tell him. It's... He fucking almost killed Finn Balor. <laughs> like, I don't. Apparently, I don't know if that's true or not, but we'll just go with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Balor's head just needed all those staples mid-match. <laughs> Let's talk about the Randy Orton matches for the, the greatest wrestling match of all time. I don't know. You just you used to like him. I don't know what the hell happened. I want to go into the thought process of when you decide all of a sudden you just don't like a wrestler. But you love Randy Orton, but you used to do some Randy Orton. Like, is is it the wrestling or? It's both. I I don't know. It's It's confusing. It's it's both. So Randy Orton as a character got better. And as a wrestler, he changed his style up and he got better. He got different. He got better. It was it was more unique. The stuff that he did the same thing. I, I don't know. I think he just had a different concept edge edge was like a top tier wrestler in 2006 and like this version of edge in comparison i'm not saying edge is terrible or anything but in comparison to what christian has done since he came back it's like baffling to me it's like what the, it's like what the hell has christian done christian for a long time but it wasn't his he fault beat Kenny Omega. Fault. <laughs> he beat Kenny Omega and got the impact title but past had, that, he's he had was way better matches, good, better promos. This guy was part of Judgment Day that immediately got reversed because he didn't want to do something, and then they switched it up. No, that's like, not what I'm talking about. Edge's run, Christian got hurt, so like that's that is what it is, right? Like, I mean, they're both bad runs, but like Christian's run's been better. I just am never I, compared them as being. Who's worse? I don't. I don't know. I mean, they're Just, both. <laughs> I still love both of them, but uh, Edge. Edge's uh, Brian Danielson deserves like all of the love for that three-way match. Uh, even though Roman did stack two people on top of each other, pin them. <laughs> uh, it did look pretty cool as a visual. It did, but yeah, I mean, like Edge's. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, like when. When you think about Edge coming back versus Christian coming back, just the optics of it, like take, like think about it as a, like as a teenager or whatever, your favorite of Edge and Christian coming back in optics, and you look at it from the comeback until now for both these wrestlers, which one would you be more of a fan of? I don't know why we're comparing in the first place. Well, I mean they have to be compared; they're tied together. It's like. Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Like, yeah, I can bear them. We got three more matches uh, <laughs> on Dynamite. I'm over Christian and Edge and their comparisons. Um, no Holds Barred. Anna Jay and Julia Hart. Uh, it was a No Holds Barred match. I did not care. Both these ladies weigh two pounds, and I was over it almost at the beginning. Um, the only thing good about this was Anna Jay's outfit. I'll just put it that way. She got a fat ass and bad attitude. 
She says it, not us. Yeah, this match was okay. I don't I don't have much more to say about it. Yeah. Better not uh yeah, the better uh, that that we don't talk about it. AW World Trios Championship match, best friends and Bandito versus House of Black. I mean, I knew who was going <laughs> to So it's not like it's anything crazy. I don't remember this match too much. It was getting kind of late and I was getting tired and I was trying to keep my energy for that main event. Um, but of course, the House of Black won. Trying to see if there's anything of note here listed from Future Report. They did do the uh, rules. They did the rules. Like where the counts actually matter and like there, there's no rape, rope breaks. So they did actually enforce the rules. That's what I remember in this match. I also remember being like, when I think of best friends, it's like Orange Cassidy and uh, his dude bros. And it wasn't. <laughs> Bandito was there. I mean, I like Bandito being. Why? Yeah. Why was Bandito there? <laughs> yeah. Like, is is one of the uh, is. Oh, um, oh, yeah. I forgot. I can't think of the guy's name. Chucky. Chucky. T. didn't he get injured recently? No, he was. It was Chucky. It, Orange Cassidy wasn't in this match. It was Chucky T. Tremperetta and yeah, Bandito. Weird. Yeah. Like, why would it not just be uh, Orange, Orange Cassidy? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Where's I don't know, man, but I mean, <laughs> she can go in there and wrestle these cats. Is she- I don't, I don't know. I like best. I want to see. Uh, I, I assume they were going to annihilate in this match. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like them. They're efficient tag team, and I think Chuck's a good uh, worker. I, I really like Trent, but they're kind of jobber esque, I think nowadays. Most of the time they put on a really good match, but they usually don't win them. So, which sucks because they like. I mean, I know you weren't the biggest uh, fan of the best friends, but their feud with like uh, Pride and Powerful that was pretty good. Like TV tag wise, that was pretty good. Got a yeah. little ridiculous I'm, with Chucky T's van, <laughs> mom's van, or whatever, but they did have a I street miss, fight. <laughs> I miss Pride and Powerful. That's what I got out of that. Um, I miss them a lot. I hope I want, tr- I want, tr- I want Trent Beretta to kill all these people. That's <laughs> be a heel. Grow his hair back out. I miss his long hair. All right, so the main event, the one that we've been waiting for, Brian Danielson on commentary, who was pretty funny throughout it, especially going back and forth with Tony Schiavone. Um, but yeah, fucking brutal. Cage match, Kenny Omega, John Moxley just got nasty very quickly. There was glass on the floor. There was just all sorts of stuff and screwdrivers and just Moxley's bleeding. Um, but at the beginning, Moxley attacks Omega, uh, basically, and you know, you have the Bucks coming out and Blackpool Combat Club and going back and forth, taking each other out of it eventually. Uh, you got Nick di- diving off the ramp onto Casanoli and Yuta. Um, but 
Mega goes and grabs a steel chair wrapped in barbed wire. So he's introducing the fucking craziness. Um, and I love also Danielson saying that Mox doesn't wake up until he starts bleeding. That was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, just this match. I, I guess it really just goes down to the ending. Because at the end of it, we've got all the shenanigans. We have, you know, Kenny getting his ass kicked. Callus looks like he's going to come in and help him. And he turns heel and takes a screwdriver and stabs it into Kenny's face. Probably doing absolutely no damage because none of the screwdriver spots have so far. But either way, turning on them, we don't really know because Danielson seemed like he was kind of thrown off by it. If this is really serious or if it, not serious, but if they knew about it beforehand, but I'm pretty sure they're going to embrace regardless Don Callis. And I thought this was very interesting and actually a good direction for the storyline to go. Don Callis is a really good heel manager. He just is. And I think that him kind of stepping into this group, he's uh, he, I think he would be good representative for them uh, in their corner. So interesting. Was the match too brutal for you, Chris? No, I mean, I kind of wish they just had a cage match, honestly. Uh, but yeah, me too. This, you know, they're both great wrestlers. I just want to see them wrestle. <laughs> like. I don't need all the extracurricular. It's fine. Uh, uh, Brian Alvarez kind of did a prediction. I think I talked about it on last week's show. Of, like Don Callis is kind of getting over. Like Kenny's, he's cutting Kenny Omega off when in conversations and stuff. When Kenny's cutting promos, and so it kind of did build up to like Don Callis is just a dick, which we all knew. Uh, could you imagine babyface Don Callis? That's kind of weird. Uh, so like him changing, and that's a good manager for that group, honestly, like as a fill in for William Regal, I think that's a good move. I I may have went with Jake the snake, but you know, whatever do you, um, as far as the match in ring quality and stuff, it was, it was good. Um, it suffers from what all Kenny Omega in Moxley matches suffer from where, Moxley wants to do a brawl match and Kenny Omega wants to do a wrestling match and they kind of meet somewhere in between. Uh, the, the ending, I guess, you know, the crowd got a good pop out. It was a surprise. Um, you had Don Callis about to stab Kenny Omega in the eye and he didn't, which was kind of weird. Cause I, I'm assuming that Kenny Omega just wants to show up like solid snake next week anyway. So he should have might as, might as well have done that. But uh, for me, the entire setup is like, Oh, we're getting the golden lovers. <laughs> like that's, that's immediately I what so. I thought at the end of this match is like Kota Ibushi's coming in. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny is done fucking around. He's calling his boat, his boy Kota. And the Golden Lovers will be reunited on AEW. This is a bold prediction, but I'm assuming that's what they're going to do, right? Like, no, I love need, that idea. They need one Moss more for the Elite and Kenny because they're outnumbered. So, I mean, Kota versus uh, Abushi versus Brian Danielson? Sounds pretty good. 
tag team Moxley and Brian Danielson versus Coda and Kenny. That would be really good. Like, I think there's a lot that they can. I, I get where they're. I think that's where they're going. I could be wrong, but I was it? Okay, so here's the other thing. Their biggest storyline is not around their heavyweight title, which still yeah. to me is just kind of. <laughs> I don't know why wrestling do do this, but do you think that the fact that we did decide to go and we had a way to get out of it, but we didn't. Do you think the fact that this feud hasn't been just Darby Allen and MJF and now has to include all four men, all four pillar, whatever the fuck do you think that has hindered the title picture? Yes. Unless Darby or Jack turns heel. Yeah, I just I I don't know, man. The only person that I feel like I didn't have a problem eventually being a part of the way they were going about it was Sammy. Um, but like I keep on saying, I still know Jungle Boy is just not at a level to me compared to the three of them. And this really should have just been Darby and fucking MJF finally having a one-on-one uh, since their last encounter. Right. And I like, I do like that uh, at least MJF as a character is still selling that he is scared of, of Darby to some extent. You know, like he's like, I oh, don't know about that guy. Uh, so yeah. he has done that a couple of times. But yeah, the Sammy thing really threw me off because, like, why, you know, he did, like, he turned too quick on MJF. Why would he not just wait until the match to turn on him? Because it just made Sammy look super stupid. Kind of was like, oh, I believed you the first time. And then, like, they, I don't know, they turned him too early. Like, he could have faked a pin and then tried to hook a roll up on MJF or something in the middle of the match. I think that would have been better. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, it, and honestly, I like MJF, but I think that his title run has been a little bit lackluster, if I'm going to be completely honest. That's not his fault, man. So we're, they're, they're saying. in a weird, they're in a weird situation as that company, because unless you want to put it back on Moxley again, you're kind of in a weird spot. Cause like punk is, is gone. And that's like the entitled child to some extent. And then you have, they haven't built anyone else. They, in, in their mind, they had punk hang, hangman's hurt, right? They had punk yep. hangman. MJ, like they had like a circulation that they were going to go through with that. Um, and then and eventually not only that, Wardlow, Wardlow would make a lot of sense, but that he's not in the position to be able to do it. And I'm not just talking about the fact that he has a TNT title. It's the fact that he was booked so off and on for the longest time that it's just not. Doesn't and he make got sense. hurt after that MJF match, right? That's why he was gone yeah. for a little bit. So yeah, they're kind of just in a weird spot. Um, so MJF's title run, I think, suffers from one, he's a bigger babyface than most of their baby faces. <laughs> and two, he's a better heel than most of their heels. That's why like Adam Cole made a lot of sense coming back. Because you knew he's gonna get a huge reaction. And uh they didn't go there. So they're doing this like pillar uh, like they're obsessed with this pillars of like I get it. Like we get the the pillars of New Japan uh, Japan wrestling in general. This is not the same thing. <laughs> no, this is this is not. When you were in all Japan, the reason why they were the pillars is because you could put them in a match together, 
they would always be amazing together or individually they were always a draw no matter what and that's i mean that's not, MJF not even the Dar- same thing the M- maybe mjf and darby <laughs> yeah but like that's it. isn't the isn't the pillars the elite <laughs> the ones that started the fucking company yes. Technically, it would definitely. Cody. <laughs> like, yep. And if you want to throw Cody out, you could even put like Paige in there as far as being a pillar Jericho. along with them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's like that's the that would be the if I was going to say pillars of that company, I would I would it's the elite. <laughs> that's the pillars of that company, and Tony Khan's money, <laughs> I guess, rested underneath the pillars. But it's just it's it's so weird that they're trying to do that storyline. It's like they're not really like people didn't start calling even the pillars of Japan the pillars of Japan until like way way ass into their career. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was not this. We're we're three years deep, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, not, I just. just... It's weird. I mean, and not only I mean, that, like Moxley should be the fucking pillar of the company. God damn. He's held the title longer than anyone else that's ever been there. <laughs> like, fucking, anytime something goes wrong, pillar. they put it on. Anytime something goes wrong, they put it on Moxley. <laughs> if yeah, I, was Moxley, I just don't I'd think like pissing like all of CM Punk's muffins. <laughs> like, God damn it, dude, I was supposed to go on vacation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just think that man, like when you look at it, especially the 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 first three, like Akinar was a great wrestler, but like Masawa, Kawada, and Kenta Kobashi, you think of when you think of all Japan wrestling. No, that's why those four are the four fucking pillars. So it's I don't know. I don't I wouldn't even don't bring up terms like that. Make your own. Say we're the four horsemen of this fucking cup. Oh, never mind, you can't do that either. Uh, we're the, we're the, God damn it! But you know what I'm saying. Like it's such a dumb concept. I will say, staying in the realm of AEW, I watched their whole entire fucking um, reality show, and coming out of it, opinions about certain wrestlers. I think Britt Baker needs to go back to being a heel. Honestly, um, not not, and, and this is not even. It's just the energy she gives off. She just kind of, but like most of the stuff with Adam Cole was really sweet, but she is kind of this dominant person that works there that kind of has somewhat of a management role that is very outspoken. I don't think the baby face thing is working out for her. Sammy and and, and Ty Mello came off like such baby faces, especially Sammy, who got real emotional about a lot of the stuff. Um, Ruby Soho, it's good she's in the Hill group because she came off like such a fucking heel. Uh, <laughs> just believing that Ty Mello purposely tried to break her nose in that match where it just, you know, got fucked up and just kind of just not being, you know, besides her little talks with Eddie Kingston, who continues to be one of the best baby faces they have. That's another one. Well, I guess he's a tweener, whatever. Um, you know, I just <laughs> no one cares. Not, he just loses the heels and baby faces. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby was not likable at all. Seemed a bit paranoid, if anything, in my opinion. And I'm trying to think. Adam Cole came off like the biggest baby face. Like you wanted him to get in the ring so bad, even though you knew he did. So that that's so, who it followed. 
so I have not watched a lot it. of this show, but I have watched a lot of the Ruby stuff because you've been saying Ruby comes off as such a heel, and I think she's doing a character, dude. <laughs> Honestly, like well, really even to like tie in person, like before their match, basically being like, I don't, I don't really trust you. Like, <laughs> what? She's yeah, like, but I, I mean, didn't like, mean to break your nose, girl. Like, I'm sorry it happened. Jesus. It's like, a, I mean, it's a reality TV show, though, right? So. It's true. But, well, maybe, apparently. Maybe the re- she's the re- just really good at being shitty, I guess. Which means she should be more veal. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Embrace what you are. That's what I think you should do based on that television show. You know, Sammy, he's really easy to, the, to I don't know, if he were to fucking just not take Chris Jericho's shit and, like, slap the hell out of him. Like, he could become a good baby face. He definitely has that in him. Um, yeah, people are over the Ty Conti thing now, so he could switch baby face pretty quickly, right? What if he just yep, wins I the title? So. Straight out. People will pop for that, right? Be interesting. I mean, it's different. I mean, I love MJF, but it's not like it's done anything being the champion right now, so. Because MJF doesn't need, he never needed the belt to begin with, really. I mean, other than fans wanted him to have the belt. Months and months right. and months and months ago, <laughs> like pretty much a year ago, uh, Sammy having the belt would be interesting because it kind of opens the division up a little bit. Darby having the belt would be the most interesting because I just want to see what kind of like body bag he drags the belt behind on his skateboard. Huh. And if but, Jungle Boy wins the belt, I'm gonna jump off a building. So, unfortunately, I feel like, so with Britt Baker, she is in that weird, we're in that Sasha Bailey storyline. And I, I, I don't know how you would book yourself into this after watching, because Tony Khan's a fan of wrestling, so I assume that he watched Sasha and Bailey's relationship. Like how you would make your top talents do that but he has somehow managed to do that i'm assuming that like it's because of soraya's contract and that's why this is all locked up in that weird thing like there's no other thing like i don't know how much she's getting paid but i'm assuming more than a lot of other female wrestlers on that roster so they feel like they need to utilize her but this entire storyline sucks dude well dude you know what's crazy so so going back to that, that was one of the things that was kind of cool to find out about uh, being a wrestling fan. Everyone was terrified to work with her, like especially Britt having to be the first person to work with Soraya after she gets cleared for that pay-per-view. She said that her anxiety, and I don't blame her. I mean, you go in the ring with someone that had a step down due to injury, and even though she's cleared, it's like sh- you can't do certain things because of that injury. And uh, a lot of people, it seemed like, you know, eventually, like, they liked her. They were happy she was there. But a lot of people were scared to fucking work with her because of the fact that, you know, something goes wrong. Well, yeah, when someone returns from, like, head and neck injuries, that's kind of scary, considering most moves get you dropped on your shoulders and back, and that affects your spine and your neck and head. So... I could see where Brian Danielson don't give a fuck, by the way, when it comes <laughs> no, to dude. those rules. 
he's a super saiyan. He he was in the hyperbolic chamber where the fuck he was talking about. He's like, oh, anyways, he is I totally Goku. And, he, he like, I remember he, like, and this is actually a thing. Like, he went into this like fucking chamber and trained his body back. He's like, my neck is stronger than ever. And I'm like, I believe you, <laughs> Daniel Bryan. You are the Goku of wrestling. You win Goku of Wrestling Award, which so, I will now hand out every day on this day. <laughs> I just realized something. So I don't think it's going to be eventually Moxley and Kenny again. Is the whole entire ending of this feud? Are we are we are we finally going to see Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega in like a, a feud between the two of them now? I mean, we did. We saw them. They did three matches, right? Two matches? Yeah, well, no. I, I want to see them again. They did two matches so far. I mean, yes, I want to see that again as well because it was great. Uh, Run it back, people. You think Brian Danielson's a little pissed that Will Ospreay got a better match out of Kenny than he got? I think he's a little pissed about that. <laughs> Could be, yeah. To be fair, hey, I don't Omega know. was then, out here with 17 injuries when he was having those matches with Brian Danielson or whatever. Like, he had like a torn labrum and like <laughs> I, I thought Kenny Omega was about to retire from wrestling listening to that interview he did with uh, Figure Four talking about all his injuries. And he was like, I don't know if I'm going to be the same when he came back. And then he came back and he had those matches in AEW and he wasn't the same. Then Wrestle Kingdom came around. No wealth. Seven stars. All right, so last question involving this. And yes, that was a fucking great match. Um, last uh, question involving what we've been talking about. If the double or nothing match ends up being Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, which match do you think will be better between that match and Seth Rollins and AJ Styles for the world championship in Saudi Arabia? I think I broke Chris. Prius? All right, so the question I have for you pertaining to some of the stuff that we talked about, including the last thing that we talked about, say double or nothing, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, one of the major matches involved on that pay-per-view which match will be better their third outing a double or nothing or the world championship finals match between aj styles and seth rollins their fourth outing wow that's tough um i'm gonna go with aj and seth aj's not wrestled in a while. I think that'll be a really surprisingly good match. It's not going to have as much time um, as the Brian Omega match, but yeah, I, I've seen what Brian Omega can do. I kind of, you know, Seth and what, well, I mean, I guess I've technically seen what Seth and AJ can do, but this might be like, I don't know. AJ goes through those spurts of like, I'm going to be really amazing for a while. So <laughs> I'm going to assume it's going to be one of those matches. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I'm going to lean towards uh, 
lean towards you know Seth and AJ in that one. All right. Um, oh, for me now that I'm thinking of it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Seth and AJ as well. But still, if if we do get Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, which makes a lot of sense that that would be the double or nothing match, based on everything going on, um, those are gonna be two amazing matches, pretty much back to back, and with four of the greatest in ring competitors of today. So, um, kudos to that concept. But uh, yeah, something about Seth and AJ going. All right, we had a good match at, at Money in the Bank. And we had a couple TV matches here and there, but like, let's fucking, you know, let's let's tear this shit down. Um, so we'll have to see what happens, Saudi Arabia. This is also for a championship, but like I said, you give Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega some time. Uh, I thought that their Iron Man match, which I believe was on Dynamite, uh, was awesome, and their first outing was also really good as well. And I think they might be tied. Could be wrong about that. Maybe I'll have to look up on uh, cage side seats afterwards. But anyways, they, they they like Kenny won the first one. They had a time limit draw or something on the second one. They, there was something weird because Daniel's not won the title, and Kenny had the title throughout all that. So I'm not sure. I don't remember the actual finishes. I remember a lot of the matches, but I don't remember the finishes. It'll be interesting because in theory, this is healthy Kenny. <laughs> Versus, like, I got 17 injuries, Kenny. So, I mean, it could just be absolutely mind-blowing. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't. That's going to be a tough one. AJ is also coming back off an injury and is healthy. So, hey, him and Seth could tear the house down. I, both are going to be great matches. Different, yep. way different-ass matches, though. Because Daniel's going to want to do some amateur wrestling stuff with Kenny Omega, which should be entertaining. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're going to be very different matches in general. I mean, the real the real answer is, like, we want Kenny versus AJ. Yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah, I, I would take that. I'd take that very, uh, very quickly. Um, but what are you going to do? All right, well, let's get out of here. And they did have two matches. I can't find out who won what. Because Case Shy Seats doesn't have that information, which doesn't make any sense. Eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll go back and watch all these past matches to get me myself hyped for what's to come out in the future. Either way, I hope you guys enjoyed our bantering, our, our joking, our, our, our debating on this show of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You couldn't do the show without me. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people and plug whatever you need to plug, sir. Goodbye, all the lovely people. If you want to hear me or talk to me, you can hit me at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, Christopher.rpatton on Instagram and Facebook. And I hope everyone has a great week and weekend. And you guys can find me at DaneAlce42 on Twitter, which I mentioned I'm not on, so send all my hate mail there. And also DaneAlce on Facebook and Instagram. Let's have a conversation about wrestling. Uh, you can find this program. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Google. Find the platform that works for you, but we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, all of your main sources, YouTube music. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating, uh, maybe a six-star, you know, if you can, if you have those Dave Meltzer-styled uh, things that you can do to it. I don't know. Just do what you can do. 
and listen to us every single week. Thank you guys so much. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, peace out.